And now, introducing the man who's been vigorously attempting to rig the Diamondbacks games for the month of... Uh, to en- Oh, I'm running it back. I'm running it you back. Running it back. I'm running it back. Right, I don't it. even know what how that autocorrected wrong, but here we are. I got it. And now, introducing the man who's been vigorously attempting to rig the Diamondbacks games for the last month to ensure the Orioles secure the worst record this season. However, he has questions about the validity of his voodoo techniques after realizing he was simply given some sage and a burnt CD with a few Jimi Hendrix songs. In anticipation of fantasy football season, rather than get bogged down in expert rankings and industry consensus, he's chosen a simpler, more holistic approach and has, quote, just let my three-year-old choose players based on whose name is the silliest, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We're here. We couldn't be happier to be here. Where else in the world would we rather be than right here, right now with you? Right here. Right, right now. now. Right here. What a right jam now. that was, you know? Speaking of 90s music, I went to see Alanis Morissette last night in Garbage at the Meriwether Post Pavilion. Got I could show you Garbage all over Thank the city you. if Thank you Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Got a very last-minute call from our pal uh, Brandon Linton. He was like, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm like, well, just hanging out. He said, why don't you hop in your car and wander down to the old Meriwether Post Pavilion? And I said, okay, I'll do that. To do what exactly? He said, well, we'll see Alanis Morissette in garbage. I said, that sounds lovely. So we had a lovely what night. What she sing again? Alanis Morissette, yeah. really? Yeah, sing one. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride. Was she on HFS ever? Probably, yeah. I mean, I imagine that was uh, right around that time. She does a lot of other. Uh, she's got dude. That first record, Jagged Little Pill, was one of the most significant records of the 1990s. Um, had a great time. I really enjoyed myself, and uh, yeah, it, you know, it was good to be. I realized it was the first uh, show that I had been to um, since all of this kind of happened. And so that was neat for me. It was neat to be back at the show. I love live music, and so it was awesome to be out there. And God, her voice is unbelievable. So um, I didn't watch the Orioles game. Not that I would have anyway. Uh, I tuned in for just a sec. Okay. Then I stopped. Just just to see how it feels. Just yeah, a tip. More or less. Yeah, right. Uh, they won. That sucks because the Diamondbacks lost last night. So they lost ground. Um, if you enjoyed watching the game, God bless you. I'm, you, know, you can be mad at me all you want to be. It sucks that the Orioles won because it doesn't help them in any way whatsoever. I'm told that Keegan Aiken was okay. He's so, pitched all right the last couple times out. So they've got that going for them, which I guess is nice. I don't know what to say about it. It's what it is. Um, they'll try again tonight as they wrap up the series with the Blue Jays, and we'll see how that goes. The Ravens made their cuts. Oh, by the way, I should probably give a sponsor here because we got a sense. busy show on tap. Today's show is brought to you by uh, C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401. 410-401. I just realized that like I've said this number so many times that I just assume that I remember what it is. You ever have this happen to you? That, like You know that you know the answer, but in but a second. What have you been getting it wrong? Right? Yeah. I had it right. I don't know why I panicked there. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free easy, analysis. 97, because it just repeats. Right. I get it. But I've, I've said it a billion times, and suddenly I had this thing come over me like, 
Is that right? That's right, right? I think I've memorized Jeff's Rebix number. That's weird. It is That's a repe- very weird. It's repetitive, so it was like. Why don't you just give it away? All right, just give it away. Four 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 four. And it's quite repetitive. You weren't lo- wrong about that. It's a very repetitive number. Imagine, by the way, getting that as your phone number and being like, It'd "Be bizarre." Being like, "You're kidding, right?" Like you watch every like, movie, like they keep giving away my number. Well, they do five five five. five, five. five. That's, know, the, yeah. that's the that's the fake area code that nobody has. All right. Um, anyway, so uh, so the Orioles they they win a baseball game. Got blah 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 blah. The Ravens get their initial 53-man roster together. We know there are likely to be changes to it. So, for example, guys wink, that wink, were nudge, nudge, guys that were cut, got veterans like Pernell McPhee and Anthony Levine. Jimmy Smith not among them, as had been speculated a little bit. Um, but those guys could very well end up back in the next couple of days as they have decisions to make about some other players on the roster. Pernell like, McPhee almost certainly will be. I mean, well, I can't fathom right. why he wouldn't. I can't fathom why any of them. I agree. Wouldn't, honestly, I don't. It doesn't make any sense why any of them wouldn't be back. I on would the say those two are the two. That yeah, are I saw a lot of people lumping Tomlinson into no, this group. Yeah. I think. Well, you say that. Except I mean, look, for if the they have Boyle, they didn't put them on. They didn't put them on PUP list. Right, but they could still put them on IR. Like, I hear it's you. still a possibility. And if they do, I could certainly understand them bringing back Eric Tomlinson I could also understand this ultimately being another spot that goes to a running back um, that they may or may not acquire in the next couple of days so we will see but with Smith and Boykin particularly uh, Rashad Bateman being Mm -hmm. IR options to start the season the most obvious candidate I would say for the three-week short-term IR yeah I mean for that um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But the like, if there's a headline, um, I mean, I genuinely don't know what you want to overreact to about the Ravens roster. Sorely being cut is moderately. I mean, again, he'll probably get to the practice squad, so it's negligible. You, you presume that's the way that's going to go. I, there's just nothing in there that's all that significant to me. It's I, there's nobody. They didn't. They didn't cut someone that we don't. If if Pernell McPhee doesn't come back, right? Like yeah. that would be. Kind of alarming because you're putting a lot of eggs now. He was also really good last in, year. Well, correct. He was quite good, and you're also putting a lot of eggs in the Adafi Owe basket. You're you're saying we think this guy is legit ready immediately to help in a variety Which, of ways. Even still, even if he is, you still like depth on the defensive line. Correct. There's, I mean, there's now they've got defensive line depth. You would say not edge depth, and that's more of what we're talking about. That's more of where we are. And so. he's both. He's not only an edge player. He's three technique. He can move around and do a bunch of different stuff. So he's useful. There's no doubt about that. Nope, no doubt. So uh, we'll see. But that's the only thing that would end up being really all that like shocking if it ends up going that way. I just don't think that any of us believe that it's going to end up. Disappointed to see Nigel Warrior cut. Eh, I mean, only because of his name. Yeah, right. It's, I, who knows if he's actually a football player or not? I believe he's Dale Carter's son, if I remember correctly. Um, but his last name is Warrior. I understand that. I, believe it or not, I don't know that Nigel Warrior was actually his name. I, I want to believe. I, I've got to I understand. Think. They don't that. normally do that sort of thing. This is the XFL. That. I don't. Now I gotta look it up. I don't think it was actually. I think it has to be. Why do you think that? Because he goes by that. I, no, he's definitely Dale Carter's son. So. Okay, but Nigel Unless, Warrior. There's yeah. no indication that it is not his name on Wikipedia as I, of now. I understand that. I'm just telling you, he's Dale Carter's son. But that doesn't so change that his name is Nigel Warrior. Either his mom is named Warrior, <laughs> which is possible. Right, and here we go. Tangy Warrior God, is his awesome. mom, so maybe his name really is Yeah, I would is definitely take my mom's last name, too, yes, in that case. correct. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Dale Carter, yeah. who was a heck of a football player, briefly a Raven, in fact. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I too would take my mom's name in those circumstances. So no, I just don't have a whole lot to say about the the Ravens' initial roster. I will be more interested in what happens over the course of the next couple of days, a little bit about the veterans, but way more about whether or not there is another running back in the cards. That will continue to be the most interesting part about the Ravens as they put their roster together. And as we've said, even if they don't do anything related to a running back right now, it wouldn't preclude them from from waiting until after week one and Mm -hmm. waiting until after the first game to add a running back who they wouldn't have to guarantee the contract to throughout the course of the season. But, you know, that... I don't know that that's the best thing that they should do at running back. We will see how that plays out. There are a couple of people that wondered if Justice Hill's roster spot was in question. I'd never un- yeah, hard to imagine. I never understood why that would be like a conversation. Again, I get they it. Have, they would have been a, that would have only been a situation where they were acquiring somebody immediately. And by the way, if they acquire someone, maybe it is. I don't know. It's just weird to me because he's the guy that's actually played at the NFL level. And again, in doses, has looked promising. They just, for whatever reason, don't. They haven't given him more. I guess part of that is because they've always had so many running backs. We will see if if he's really in the mix, if healthy, to start the season. All right, so there's that. Um, you know what? I guess it's a good time. Then, oh, you know what? Did I even send it to you? You did. I did. We, um, we've been telling you for the last couple of weeks about the Tyus Bowser show, which is coming literally next week. We're starting the Tyus Bowser show. But as much as it's fun for me to tell you about it, I thought maybe you'd want to hear it from the Ravens' mouth. So I decided I'd spend a couple of minutes chatting with Tyus Bowser so that you could know more about the Tyus Bowser show. Take a listen right now. And joining us now is the host of the Tyus Bowser show. You're going to be seeing him all season long out around town, including next Tuesday night at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold, He's Tyus Bowser. Tyus, what's going on, man? It's great to talk to you, dude. What's up, man? Good to see you. It's so good to see you, man. I'm so excited about this. You know, I was really blown away. You signed the deal this past offseason, and then I see you all over town. Um, all spring and summer long, you're at Orioles games, you're doing events. Can you tell me about like digging in now that you know you're going to be in Baltimore for a while and really entrenching yourself in this community? Yeah, man. I mean, over the past four years, I've kind of sort of embraced the city of Baltimore and just to be back, man, you know, I'm trying to really dial in more to it. Just trying to check out all types of restaurants, uh, supporting the Orioles games a lot more. Uh, That's normally what I like to do. I'm a big sports guy. So any sports around, man, I'm definitely, uh, you know, down to check it out, you know, be around the area and stuff like that. But overall, man, just trying to embrace the city of Baltimore and trying to enjoy it these next four years. That's awesome, man. It's such a cool thing. So tell me about why you want to do this. Like, a lot of guys would be like, man, I don't I don't want to do that. I don't radio show. I forget about that. You you were for it. You wanted to do something like this. What do you want to do, and what are people going to get when they come out to see the Tyus Bowser show this fall? I feel like for me, you know, coming into a new year, uh, I definitely wanted to kind of express myself a little bit more. Uh, I'm very shelled in. I'm always to myself. So just being able to do this radio show, people are able to see me more, cool. kind of you know, get to learn about me. So 
that's what I'm definitely trying to do for the fans and everybody listening. All right, so I know a couple of things that you're into. Like, we'll talk about football, but, like, that gets boring after a little while. We're going to talk about stuff that actually matters. I know, like, you're. I saw on Twitter you're, you're really excited about the new Drake uh, record that's coming out. On fr- that's, probably, that's probably the best news I've heard. <laughs> so, besides, so, besides my contract. <laughs> so next Tuesday, like, we're probably going to have to dedicate a fair amount of the show to the Drake record because it's going to be fresh on your mind with no football game to be played before then. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be on. It's gonna be on repeat for <laughs> minutes. So. Is okay. Is Drake your one seed? As as rappers go, is Drake still your one seed? Oh, Drake is definitely number one. W- why? What is it about Drake? There, th- there are people that think think Drake's a little corny, right? There's people that think that you know he's kind of that guy. Why have you always rode with Drake? I mean, music wise, you know, he gives me different types of vibes. He gives me. The rap, the upbeat, he gives me the subtle, you know, he gives me the man I'm going through, you know, women issues. And <laughs> I just need to I just need to kind of tone down. Or I just need to move on from him. But I mean, just outside of it, man, he's he's a he's a world stage, you know, guy, man. Everybody knows who he is. He's successful. And, you know, he's an inspiration. You know, everybody wants to try to be like him, try to get the money, try to get the fame, uh, just try to get the business connections, all of that. So, so, so when the Ravens inevitably win the Super Bowl, which we know is coming, Drake will be welcome in the locker room, no matter what jersey he was wearing ahead of the game. What, like, how how do you handle the Drake locker room thing? Because you know he's gonna want to be there. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's always welcome. You know, <laughs> I think he's gonna be in L.A. this year. You know. He's very familiar with the area. So, you know, once we win it, man, you know, open the doors, you know, we welcome you with open arms. I love that, man. I love that. Tyus, what else? Like, what else is it? You, you're sitting around with your boys, just like shooting the S maybe on a Friday night, something like that. What else are you talking about that you're going to want to talk about this season on the Tyus Bowser show? Tyus Bowser show, man. Uh, I would probably say just, you know, we can keep it, you know, as far as the football part, just kind of what's going around, kind of going on around, you know, the league, uh, the different stories. Uh, we kind of talk about what's going on, you know, in the world today, yep. uh, in the city of Baltimore, or, you know, just any type of things where it comes to family, relationships. We can talk about girls or whatever. It don't matter, <laughs> you know. I'm a I'm an open book. So I love it. I love that, dude. Of course, we know you're a basketball guy too. Uh, we talk a little basketball this season as well. We can talk about why my sons are finally going to break through after coming up short, right? Like, yeah. we'll talk a little yeah. bit about that as the season goes on. I'm looking forward to that, and we will. We will talk football, uh, obviously, each and every week, but we won't be nerdy about it. We will have some fun with that. All right, uh, Tyus Bowser. Next Tuesday is when this all starts. We'll be at Mother's Peninsula Grill down in Arnold, and we can't wait to see everybody. And this is the cool thing. We're gonna, you're going to have the opportunity to meet Tyus and special guests, but we're going to do it safely because we are not going to be the people that cause an outbreak that stops the season. We will not. No, we are not going to be those guys. So we're going to do everything safely. Uh, we're going to ask you to, uh, to wear masks if you're not vaccinated, wherever you are. We're going to do things a little bit distant, but we are going to give that opportunity for you to meet people. And that's a really cool thing, man. And I, I got to tell you, like, I don't know if you've sensed that and we'll, we'll wrap with this being around town, what it means to people when they get the opportunity to say hello to you, what is it meant to you 
that like response and reception that you've gotten from Ravens fans when you've been out around town this summer? It's been amazing, man. Just, you know, having people know who I am that's very supportive, that wants to see me do great. And, you know, it just shows, you know, my hard work uh, starting to pay off. And, you know, just with this upcoming season, man, I'm just trying to make those guys proud, you know, have a reason for them, you know, re-signing me. And I definitely want to do it for the fans. And I want to make this a special season. So whatever I got to do, man, to, you know, get them, get their support, man, I'm all for it. Find out more about the Tyus Bowser show right now by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Tyus Bowser, man, can't wait for this. It's going to be a lot of fun all season long. Looking forward to it. Appreciate you taking a couple minutes to tell everybody about it today. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Glenn. We're really excited about the Tyus Bowser show. Again, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more. Thank you to Express Interior Design. Thank you to Great Eights Memorabilia, greateightsmemorabilia.com. And, of course, uh, everyone here at Pressbox. It's going to be an awesome uh, few months as we're going to be hanging out with uh, one of the stars of uh, Baltimore football, Tyus Bowser, and we're going to see you all around town again. Who brings a show to Arnold? That's what we're doing next Tuesday night, your chance to meet Tyus Bowser. We'll be announcing his special guest here in the next couple of days uh, for the show. You can get your autograph, get your picture. We're going to do it safely. It's going to be a great time, and we're going to be doing it all throughout the year, and we're going to start incorporating some charity aspects to it as well. Um, and Tyus is going to help us out with our, our coat collection a little bit. So I'm so excited about it. Uh, we're glad to be doing it again. Eight shows this fall. Uh, the first one again next Tuesday night down in Arnold at Mother's Peninsula Grill. We will see you there. Okay, um, a couple of things real quick. We're not going to grab a break. We're going to wait. Uh, we got a very busy morning, extremely busy morning. That's all I can tell you. Uh, so because of that, we're not doing Would You Rather Wednesday this week. Um, just taking a one-week pause. It's not going away. It's just a quick one-week pause. We will bring it back next week. Would You Rather Wednesday will return. Instead, we're really diving into college football previews, local college football previews. Um, in just a minute, Mike Golick Jr. is going to join us. You know Mike Golick from everywhere. I guess you know Mike. i got to make that. Mike Golick Jr., who also was an offensive lineman, who also went to Notre Dame, all of those things. And his was father also, was a defensive lineman. His father was an offensive lineman. Mike Golick was an offensive lineman. I'm pretty positive he was a defensive lineman. Why do you say that? I just am pretty positive. You were right. Yeah. You were right. I could have sworn. I don't know why I, I didn't know that. You're right. He was a defensive lineman. Well, he was an offensive lineman, Mike Golick Jr. I do know that. He was an offensive lineman. Um, he is on the call for Maryland, West Virginia on Saturday on ESPN, so we will talk to him about that. Um, later on this morning, we're going to preview Morgan State with Tyrone Wheatley. We're going to preview Johns Hopkins with their head coach, Greg Chimera. We're going to preview Stevenson with their head coach, Ed Hoddle. And Drew Forrester is also going to check in for a minute as well. So we could not possibly have more to do during the course of the show this morning. That's the reason why we're just taking a one-week break from Would You Rather Wednesday. Let me continue housekeeping. Um, I will let you make the final call. I... I, 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 I I got an unfortunate message yesterday from Tim and Belair. Tim and Belair messaged me and says, hey, I screwed up. I had marked down the next Friday, hmm. not this coming Friday, as the day that we were doing this. Hmm. Would it be okay doing it next Friday instead? Hmm. I said, that's up, to the, that's up to the guys, really, because you know, I'm the one that has to pay the, the punishment. Um, there would be something unique about it because it'd be the Friday before, you know, the first Ravens game, although the Ravens game isn't until Monday. Um, 
but I'm going to leave it up to you because the rest of the guys aren't here for them to have a voice. Otherwise, I will be preparing the sandwiches myself. And I know that was there was a lot, great deal of consternation about the idea of m- me preparing the sandwiches for myself. I need to. Can I think about it for a little? Can I? Can Not I, really, because we don't have a lot. I know. Of time I mean, today. I need to call him in a second. I, I'll think about it, and then before the break, I'll give my answer. Okay, you give your break before the answer. I'll give, give my answer. Give your break. answer before. Give your break before the answer. Actually, I would prefer it that way. Um, it would just mean that we'd be bumping it back one week, and we would do the pen- the punishment next Friday instead of this Friday where I have to uh, eat my sandwiches. We will start making picks, however, tomorrow because it's the first weekend of college football, which means that I could use some... I already got a couple of suggestions. I could use a couple more suggestions for punishments for this year's Picks Loser. Also, if you're one of our regulars and you would like to be dealt in, please let me know immediately at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. You've got to be able to come into town to pay the penalty should you lose if you happen to not live in the area, like Andrew Stecka, who had to uh, come in and do his uh, tuna fish and sardine juice uh, this summer because he wasn't able to travel during the pandemic. But you've got to be able to travel in next summer at the latest if you are the loser of this contest. If you're one of our P1s and you want to deal into our picks contest, at Glenn Clark on radio on Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know. Maryland and West Virginia coming up this Saturday. Season opener for the Terps. Let's talk more about it. Joining us now, a man you watch on ESPN and listen to on ESPN radio, and he's going to be on the call for Saturday's game. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Mr. Mike Golick, Jr., who's with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, appreciate you having me. Looking forward to this weekend. It's nice to have everyone back in the party in college football. Boy, is it ever, man. It's nice to to have some normalcy in the world. I know it's still a, a weird word to say, but it's what it is. Hey, I, I this we are we're in a weird place here, Mike, because we think we're excited about this Maryland football team. In a very small sample size, we saw things that we like from Talia Tungavailoa a year ago in this offense and we know that the skill position players are there, and Mike Loxley has been recruiting like hell since he came back to the University of Maryland. We also know this is the Big Ten. We also know what they're up against all season long. We also know that they, you know, up front might still have a few questions. How excited should people be in this area when you measure all of these things that we're looking about with Maryland football? Uh, listen, I think you should be excited anytime you have seen the bedrock formed in the right way, right? The the commitment to facilities, the recruiting that he's been able to bring in, like all of these things are things that 90% of programs in college football kill for, bend over backwards for, to see everyone involved investing in the right way, creating the foundation in the way that you need in modern college football. I know people balk at some of the spending and things like that, sure. myself included at times, but it, it's the keeping up with the Joneses. But yep. on field, yes. There was plenty of stuff to be excited about last season. It really is just about refining a few things. And listen, Danny knows coming in, the familiarity that him and Loxley have, I think can maybe sand some of the edges on a guy like Talia who had so many great things he did last year and just needs to knock out a few of the hero ball plays to really start to take his game to the next level. So is it as simple as um, if you can protect for him, you're going to be – it felt like to me, Mike, that what you're talking about with hero ball, some of that had to do with him kind of being on the run and feeling as though he did have to force things because – let's be honest about it, every Maryland quarterback has been hurt over the course of the last decade. They have not been able to keep a quarterback healthy. Is it as simple as saying if Maryland can protect for him, they'll be in good shape? 
Yeah, I think that's certainly a huge part of it. The offensive line's issues seem to be largely communication-based. Like okay. When they get on people, they seem to be able to block them. But going through and watching tape of the 2020 season, the amount of times where they used the snap count to give Talia a great look at the defense, everyone involved kind of understands what's going on, and then a guy still gets cut loose, and someone's eyes are still in the wrong place. Those are, to me, much easier errors to correct. Now, I know you got a new offensive line coach this year as well in Broswell, but I, I just think those errors you can correct up front because physically I think they're closer to being there, the body types they've got. And then for Talia on the back end of this, it's, yes, you're right. Some of those were because he was on the run, but it still doesn't excuse, in some instances, throwing back as you're going out of bounds across yeah, your body sure. into double coverage. He does a lot of great extracurricular run plays. He's just got to dial back a few of the pass plays that get away from him and put this team in a spot where they turn the ball over too much. How good can he be, Mike? Like, you know, I'm not trying to get carried away. Is is he good enough? And for moments, you know, it, it looked like he might be. Is he good enough that at some point you're going to be sitting on the show this season and saying, you know who's like a dark horse guy that you should be paying attention to going towards the draft? It's Talia Tungavailoa from Maryland. Like, is he that good or is he just – you know, better than what we've seen at Maryland for a long time. Uh, listen, I, I think he's pretty good with a lot of potential right now, right? I was talking to Dan Orlowski, who does a great job with us, just looking at some of the things, and a lot of it is footwork issues. It's having his body positioned in the right place. He's such a talented guy, a lot like his brother, you know, uh, you know, albeit a righty. He's a lot like his brother. It's just, when you look at Tua, it's a lot more of a refined picture of footwork, of where you point your shoulders downfield, of, all these things that when you see ball sail on Talia, when you see him get out of the pocket and all of a sudden things not look quite as crisp down the field, those are all the things that hopefully with the benefit of a full off season now, a lot different than we had last year, those are the kind of things that you would hope Danny knows Mike Loxley and him are working on over and over again is just making sure you're dialed in on the little details because all the talent is there. He is Mike Golick Jr. He's on the call this Saturday, 3.30 on ESPN as Maryland opens up the season against West Virginia. Um, Mike, beyond you know maybe the, uh, the things we've already touched on, what else maybe concerns you most about this Maryland team or could be the difference in them being you know a 7-8 win team versus going through another type of season like we've seen too many of in this area? Yeah, I mean, listen, you've certainly got to limit penalties and turnovers, right? Like in a lot of those ways, the numbers would indicate this was a sloppy football team sure. in certain areas. And when you're in the growth stage of a program, meaning you're getting the head coaches recruits in here, you're starting to build up depth at a lot of these positions, what you can't afford to do is go out here and play sloppy football, especially not on the side of the Big Ten that they're on. So I think looking at that, defensively, too, being able to stop the run was a bit of a concern here. For Brian Stewart coming in this year, who, listen, knows a thing or two about coaching defense in Maryland, the charge has got to be, and especially this is going to be a great test week one against Letty Brown on West Virginia's side, who is a tackle-breaking machine here. Can you get in the backfield and disrupt a bit? You've got depth and experience in your secondary, but that doesn't mean a whole lot of good if everyone can just run right down State Street on you. No, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's not going to help you a whole lot if that's the case. Um, on the flip side, Mike, we didn't get to see West Virginia a year ago. Um, you know, it's just the way that the year worked out for everybody. I, I think everybody thinks of West Virginia as being a big, bad, powerful team. Maybe not the hype that they've had in other years, not some of the insane horses that they've had in other years. 
how good is this West Virginia team? And 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 really, what are I, I, like? I'm, it's kind of crazy to me that we go into a season where Maryland is only like a two point dog against West Virginia. It kind of feels like a different world that we're talking about right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in a lot of ways. I mean, listen, year three for both coaches, so you're seeing some of the same foundation laying that's gone on for Neil Brown. I would say on their side, it's almost the opposite set of problems, where if you're Maryland, it's saying, whoa, it's pulling back some of these big, loud attempts at splash plays down the field. For Jared Dagey in this offense, it's got to be finding ways to generate more splash plays. This offense played too close to the line of scrimmage, wasn't able to pop enough. And so, yeah, we know Letty Brown's going to be there, but for the rest of this offense, can they start to push it downfield a little more and get after people? Mike Golick Jr. is with us. Again, he will be on the call Saturday for Maryland, West Virginia on ESPN. Um, Mike, just because we sort of alluded to the college football situation as a whole and you talk about the new facility at Maryland, we know where this is headed, right? Like we know, obviously, Notre Dame is going to be part of it. It, It's very clear we're changing the world in college football. Are are we changing the world in a way that like Maryland's going to be able to be part of the the new world of college football? Or is the new world of college football, whenever we're going to get there, is it going to be like – the top 40 teams and that's it. And everybody else is on the outside looking in whenever we get there. Yeah. Uh, Steven Godfrey, who does a great job as a college football reporter over at split zone duo. I, he was one that uttered that idea of like the one super conference, like the big bad group full of all the big brands in college football. Could I see it? Absolutely. Will the rest of college football still exist in some form? Also? Absolutely. I think we're a lot further away from those things then we give ourselves credit for. And so trying to read necessarily who would be part of some hypothetical new world order is tough because I think a lot is going to change before then. But at this point in time, what I can say for, for Maryland is you're sitting in at least one of the conferences. When we talk about this alliance and all this stuff, like the big 10 sits here at a position of power. They have not had issues paying their member institutions. They have not had issues making the college football playoff in the four team form right now. And so I I can look at this and say, at least at this point, again, if you can build this in the right direction and make sure you're closer to the top than you are the bottom at the conference who, when you look at that alliance, I would say is the strongest of the three, I'd feel a lot better about where your position going forward. Okay, all right. That's uh, that's reassuring, but Lord knows what this could end up – who knows what this could end (laughs) up being at some point, Mike. At some point, it might not even be college football. It might just be a loose association with the college or something along those lines. Hey, Mike, before I let you go, if I could, I just wanted to get some perspective. We're here in Baltimore, and we're regularly – there's this sort of weird um, – it feels like every time anybody – and I, I hate using the term national media, but it's just what I'm going to do because I just want to have the conversation. Um, like a week ago, I, I had our friend Jeremy Fowler on the show, and everybody in Baltimore was mad at him because he said that he's talked to people around the NFL, and they think that uh, teams are going to figure out Lamar Jackson this year. And there is this sort of weird, like – obsession that it seems like with talking about Lamar and no matter how successful he is there still seems to be this weird critique of what the Ravens are doing and how long it's going to work and whether or not it's sustainable despite despite the fact that we're doing it now for three years at this point right do do you sense any of that and and can you share a thought on like the way the national media looks at Lamar Jackson and what the Ravens have been doing well, I think it's twofold. One, I know I had a good laugh at that because, like, stop Lamar Jackson. I've seen plenty of dudes squared up with him in space who thought they were in position 
to scheme wise stop Lamar Jackson. It doesn't work out right for a lot of people. But it, it's I think it's less the national media and more just everyone around the NFL having this bias against running quarterbacks or quarterbacks with the ability to run, I should say, because Lamar Jackson is not getting credit for what a prolific passer he was during his MVP season. We know last year there were struggles, but damn to have this conversation after the year where he went and got one of those checks on the list of that thing invading him, a playoff win in a season where he'd missed time because of COVID and had certainly the up and down season with all the bodies shifting in and out in front of him. So I thought it was weird timing on that, but it's not surprising because, again, this league loves to puff its chest out and say, we are different in college football. We are different than high school. You can't run your quarterback up here because we have freak athletes and coordinators that live in these facilities here, and we are going to out-scheme and out-athlete you, and we're going to beat it out of you because it's something that threatens them. It threatens the foundation the league was kind of built on. And so I think it's always this fear that, you know what, maybe this is a viable option. I mean, hell, what have we seen? The vast majority of NFL teams may not have quarterbacks with anywhere close to Lamar's gifts, but they got quarterbacks that can run, that can move, that can add that element for defense to account for. So Lamar, I think, is just out ahead of the pack in terms of ability, and so that's why he gets a lion's share of the conversation. It's an interesting thought. And, it, you know, look, the Ravens still have to prove that they can win a Super Bowl doing this, and that's not going to be easy, although it's not easy for anybody that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl right now. Um, it required a year ago there being literally five injured offensive linemen for somebody to be able to beat them. I, it's not an easy thing to do, but I just I feel like there shouldn't really be all that much of a question about what you're doing anymore. It clearly works. All they do is win a boatload of games every year. Yeah, win a boatload of games, have since his rookie year. And, I mean, go back even further. Like you said, he's been great for a long time. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. We've all put aside Josh Allen like he's good now, despite the fact that it has been an upward climb where he's sure. had to do something that no other NFL quarterback has really managed to do, which is find a way to go from a 55% passer in college to one who was a borderline MVP candidate last year. And we're ready to set it and forget it like he's all good at this spot. Like, that's the frustrating part for me. And listen, there's notions of race at quarterback that come into play here that are always going to be subtext of this. But I, I think in general, it's a laughable notion. And I think with some stability and a few added wrinkles from the play calling side, we're going to get closer to the 2019 version of Lamar we got used to. Uh, Mike Golick Jr., you're going to see him on ESPN this Saturday at 3.30 from Maryland, West Virginia. Of course, see him and hear him every day on ESPN Radio. Uh, Mike, always appreciate you taking the time for us. At Mike Golick Jr. on Twitter as well. Thank you for doing this. Look forward to seeing you Saturday in College Park. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mike Golick Jr. checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. Again, Maryland, West Virginia on Saturday. Uh, this is weird. So I got a message from Brian Powell okay. who said, I have no problem with you waiting until next Friday to do it. And I said, thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. And he is one of the guys, for what it's worth. He was one of the, the winners. So sure. He does get a voice. But then he follows it by saying this, I'm retiring from picks this year. Is that allowed? The F is that? What is this? Didn't he win one year? I... I I don't know. Like three years how, ago? How can I possibly remember who the winners were? I said, Are back, we allowing... Don't we retire people? I thought that was how it worked. Like, you don't get to quit us. Yeah. You think you get to, qu to quit us? You think you can quit us? I'm really... Like, there's, there's part of me that's just like, 
yeah, go. Just go, right? I don't know how I feel. And like then there's this. a part of me that's like really kind of bothered by all of it. I'm annoyed. It's really quite bothered by the idea. He and he said, Oh, I just want to bet. I'm like, why can't you do, do both? Both, yeah. It doesn't require a whole lot You'll of time. Making the same picks, presumably. Right. It's very. I'm really. It's a minimal amount of money. What is it that we charge people? Twenty bucks, yeah, twenty five so. bucks, something like that. Twenty five. I think twenty five is a number. It couldn't be a smaller amount of money. And I know Brian Powell's always participating in our. I thought life. you were just gonna say he's retiring in general. I was like, good for you, Brian. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean it seems like he, and he's not that old. Yeah, but what? Um, really weird bit. Don't know what to make of it. I'm very confused. So there's at least apparently Brian. I, Brian. I, please just change your mind. Let's not do this. Just change your like, mind. What would be the reason? I can't think I of can't other than general fear reason. of the, the the losing because he was very close last year. If right. I'm not mistaken. But like he did the he ate 19 ounces of Chick Fil A yeah. sauce in 20 seconds. He right. clearly. I don't think he fears much. It's a very weird bit, dude. I don't very, think we should allow it. I don't think we should either. You know what, Brian? You're being dealt in, and if you don't make your picks, <laughs> it's zero. For it's a zero for the week. And you're going to be the loser for the year. You're being dealt in. Deal with it. That's the way it's going to go. So, um, after some thought and consultation with Tim from Bel Air, yeah, just to make sure that he was planning on some healthy slathers of mayonnaise, yeah, because I don't trust you. We'll do it next Friday. All right, next Friday, I'll pay the uh, bet off. Next Friday, the Friday before the NFL season starts. All right, today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Kind of a college football preview edition of the show. We're going to meet uh, the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays next. Greg Chimera, their head coach, joins us. Glenn Clark Radio. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof 
roof and siding damage, call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. That first sip. (gasps) That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. All right, back in here on GCR. You just heard from KZ, and you still have until tomorrow to register to win free pre-draft consultation with our fantasy football expert, Ken Zalis, as well as personalized weekly advice and consultations throughout the course of the fantasy season. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contests in order to find out more. And if you miss out, then come to Sports and Social next Thursday night, the 9th. We'll see you at Sports and Social down at Live Casino Hotel. KZ will be there for the season opener between Tampa and Dallas. You can watch the game with him and get your fantasy questions answered. Let's continue to talk some college football. Joining us now, they open up the season this Saturday at Stevenson. It's been a long time, unfortunately, for them, so they've been able to play. It's a pleasure to welcome in the head coach of the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays, Coach Greg Chimera is back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's good to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. Always, always fun talking about Hopkins football. Absolutely. Hey, Coach, can you put in the words, I know, again, it's a complicated question that you could probably write a missive about, but um, the last couple of years, the, the ups, the downs, the difficulties, trying to get back to playing football, which you're finally going to be able to do on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, uh, you said it, ups and downs. Yeah, I think it's been something around you know, 655 days since we played a football game, so I'm just excited for our players. They put in so much work, you know, via Zoom, you know, having uh, their academics all shaken up and, and obviously the football side of things as well. So I'm just excited for my guys to get a chance to go out there and, and play someone in a different color finally. What do you need to know? Like, is, is there anything that you still need to learn about your football team just because it has been so long since you've played a game? Or, you know, are, are you confident about where they are based simply alone on what you've seen during the course of camp? I'm confident in our team. Uh, we have a ton of talent, but you know there's still some unknowns. 
Um, you know, sophomores have never played a game here. You know, a freshman are freshmen. And then our junior class, you know, they were freshmen in 2019 when we played last time. So, you know, they weren't, you know, a huge piece of the puzzle. So about 75% of the team doesn't have a ton of, ton of game action, uh, which is pretty crazy. So right. um, I'm confident in what we're doing in practice and, and confident in who we have on the roster and our coaching staff. But, you know, it's, it's going to be great to see guys play some um, some live football. Yeah, but other than that, everything seems easy, Coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, besides that, you know, normal year. Right, other than the fact that, you know, the, the word upperclassman maybe doesn't mean quite as much as it did in past exactly. years. Um, I guess let me start uh, at the quarterback position. Tell me a little bit about Ryan. What do I need to know about him before Saturday? Uh, Ryan's a super talented guy. Um, you know, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. Has a great command of our offense. He's on the same page with our offensive coordinator, David Josephson. And, you know, he's a guy our guys want to play for. You know, he can make every throw in the field. And, you know, a lot of people think losing David Tamaro uh, is a big loss, and it is. He was a great player. But, you know, Ryan's every bit as talented as David was. So we're excited to see him play. You know, you he got a little bit of experience a couple years ago. He saw a little bit of time during the couple of games that year. Um, again, I, the, what what can you – what is it that you, you need to see from a quarterback immediately? Like, what, what jumps out at you that shows you this is, this is the guy we thought he was supposed to be? Yeah, I just think having 11 guys on the same page, um, you know, having a command of the offense pre-snap. You know, obviously, post-snap, you want to see what he can do and make certain throws, but if we can snap the football you know, without any pre-snap penalties or, you know, guys lining up in the wrong formation, things like that, then, you know, show Ryan has a good command of what's going on, and, and he's been doing a great job of that in camp. He is Johns Hopkins coach Greg Tamara. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. They open up the season Saturday against Stevenson. Really kind of weird, by the way, how that worked out, that like the last game before all of this happened was against Stevenson in the bowl game two years ago. You guys were planning this like series anyway, um, just sort of a coincidence that you ended up playing in the postseason. I, I felt it was, you know, very being there that day two years ago, it was a very cool atmosphere for it. It was an awesome thing. I got to imagine, is this something that you want to keep doing, um, considering they're on the rise? You guys have been established D3 power for some time. It, it feels like there's a little bit of juice that comes to a game like this. Yeah, a ton of juice. You know, my guy, Ernie La Rosa here, our SID, you know, I think came up with the stats today. It's a, the first time we've played someone – and back-to-back games since 1907 or something like that. Um, so pretty unique, you know, playing a team two times in a row. But they're a great program. Uh, you know, they're receiving votes in the top 25. Um, coach Hoddle's a great coach. They always have, you know, a ton of talented players. So it's a great test for our guys, you know, to get ready for our conference slate. Um, and, yeah, if we can keep it going, that'd be great. You know, obviously there's contracts in the works with other teams, and, you know, we only have one out-of-conference opponent each year. So it kind of limits that a little bit. But, yeah, we, we love playing them. and. It's a great test for us out of the gate. I guess I'd be remiss. The you know the expectation. I mentioned that your established power, the standard that has existed at Johns Hopkins now for some time. Uh, I, I got to mention that doesn't change just because you went a year without playing football, right? Like that that this is this is the expectation. I know you were picked second in the preseason poll. This is the expectation. This is who we are as a program. For sure. You know, our, our goal every year is to win the Centennial Conference Championship. And that'll never change. You know, I think the year off you know, almost amplifies those standards a little bit um, because, you know, we're coming off a year where, you know, quote-unquote down year, winning eight games and not winning the conference. You know, our guys are hungry to get back there and, and to bring the boot back to, to Johns Hopkins. So, 
yeah, I think if anything, it's it's a little more amplified this season than most. All right, uh, I, I'm going to ask you to cheat a little bit. I know you, you don't. Coaches don't typically like identifying players individually, but because I'm also going to be broadcasting this game on Saturday, um, give me a couple names, guys that I should be looking out for, guys that you know the expectations are going to be more significant for going into this season, maybe because of the experience they do have versus guys that that, that don't have the same experience. For sure. And, you know, I think we actually have some guys um, that fit both sides of that equation, guys who, who haven't had a ton of experience and, and guys who are returning all-conference players. So you know, offensively, you mentioned Ryan, uh, and then receiver-wise, Harrison Wellman and Ryan Hubley are both uh, first-team all-conference yeah. players, a wide receiver. Um, you know, offensive line, we have a lot of good players. Uh, J.R. Woods uh, is a guy who hasn't played for us and is playing at tackle and is a guy to watch. Uh, Alan Gorney at center. Uh, you know, should be an all-conference type player. Um, tight end, you know, we have Emmett Turner, Will Jay, you know, kind of two big-time guys there at tight end. And defensively, uh, we have a whole lot of experience coming back on defense. So, you know, in our defensive backfield, uh, Macaulay Kilbane, Ross Anderson, Finn Zekman, and, and Nick Seidel all have a ton of game experience in our back. Uh, Matt Dubois is a middle linebacker who should definitely be a guy to look out for this year. And up front, you know, one of our captains, Joe Tischler, Chris Bedell, uh, Nick DeFiore has some really good guys up front. So, um, you know, I wish I could yeah, right? a few names. Right. Few, but we have a lot of guys to look out for, which is good. Any any favorite story of adversity that anybody's gone through during the course of the last year? Anything that, like, you'd say, man, you you, you got to know this guy's story before we play on Saturday? No, I, you know, I think it's more of a collective whole um, as our team just kind of fighting through it. And, you know, obviously we went through uh, the tragedy of losing Coach Margraff in yeah. 2019, and then you go right into the pandemic. So you know, it's been a lot in our guys, uh, especially our senior class, uh, who kind of went through everything. But, you know, I, I think it was, it was a tough year for everybody, you know, in the area, in the world. Um, and our guys know different, and, and they handled it really well, mature, um, great group of guys who kind of just, you know, our team GPA was higher last semester than it's ever been. You know, so our guys do a really good job of, of kind of handling the stuff thrown at them. Uh, and still succeeding. All right, give me. Uh, we will fit, finish this for me, Coach. We will win this. The Johns Hopkins will win the Centennial Conference this year. If what? I think we just play hard. Uh, we have the talent. Uh, we have great coaches. Uh, we have a new defensive coordinator who you know, I'm really excited about. You know, I think we just play hard. Um, if you turn on the tape and say, "Man, that team is just playing really hard." You know, I think we'll be all right. All right. Uh, it's, uh, you know, if it's that simple, just go do it then, right? <laughs> like, that's that's right. the way that's that right. it works. Uh, the season gets underway for Johns Hopkins this Saturday on the road at Stevenson uh, is the season opener. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff, and then the first home game the following Saturday at Homewood Field against Ursinus, also a 1 o'clock kickoff for that one. Coach Greg Chimera, appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Looking forward to seeing you guys out there on Saturday, and uh, best of luck as the season goes on, all right? Thank you. Thanks for having me, and, and hopefully we can uh, say hello Saturday. No doubt. I'll make sure I come say hello. Thanks, Coach. Coach Greg Chimera from uh, Johns Hopkins, appreciate him doing that. And, uh, again, they get underway on Saturday against Stevenson. We'll check in with Stevenson coach Ed Hoddle a little bit later on in the morning. Um, apple cider vinegar shots has been thrown out as a potential punishment for picks this year. It's healthy, actually. I had to do it when uh, I had the old kidney stone you know me, I'm all a few it. years back. I, I don't. It's not, it's not, I don't think it, I gotta be honest with you, bad. I don't think it was that bad. It's like pickle juice to an extent. Like, I mean, it, I mean, it's not, but it is. No, so, it's right? not. Like, it's definitely not. 
but, but it's not like it's gonna make you throw it's up. Not, yes this is not tuna and sardine juice no, like it's can, not we can, that we can do better i had i'm trying to go uh, through some of the uh do, 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 do. so there's I have a, a someone who uh, pointed me to the Instagram account of the Vulgar Chef. Ah, uh, yes, big fan of his work. Are you? Couldn't tell you. I had never heard of him. I don't know who he is, frankly. He's just the Vulgar Chef on uh, Instagram, and and he's he's vulgar. Oh, hang on a second. Maybe we shouldn't be playing his stuff on air. No, no, not like vulgar in his language. Okay. Like vulgar, the food he makes is how would is food vulgar. be vulgar? Um, he made, for example, isn't vulgar have to do more with profanity and like, I understand what you're saying. Like what he does is makes truly gross things like a spaghetti pie. Well, KZ we did, did that. that we did, he did a different thing. More appetizing than KZ's version for what it's worth. KZ's did not look good. I don't yeah. disagree with that. Um, here's hot dogs and a cereal. Like I'll with be milk, to do that you, potentially. T.Y. Hilton's you're, gonna miss yeah, a few weeks. Oh, you, no, you're <laughs> not. It is not looking good for you. <laughs> not looking good. I got him by the way. We did our uh, press box league draft last night. I snagged him in the final round yeah, of the I saw draft. That. I wasn't yeah, wasn't right. that hurt. Um, uh, he does these types of things. Um, I I don't. I would have to go through and find something in particular. He is apparently obsessed with putting hot dogs and things that aren't supposed to have hot well, dogs. Tim Robinson fans, I think that that's true. We do like Tim yeah. Robinson, and he does. It's a bunch of hot dogs and a big bread bowl, <laughs> something along those lines. Hot dog bowl, hot, chopped up hot dogs and a bread bowl. How many hot dogs have you had this week? Rather than answer that question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would have to come through it and see some various things and see what was particularly awful that he had done. Uh, but yeah, I think we can do better than shots of apple cider vinegar. I do, I I do think that like food is the easiest thing mm-hmm. to do it's on a the visceral air. Visceral sort of, yeah. correct. But I'm I don't I don't want to limit us to that. Like we I normally think, do it combined with other stuff. Yes, yeah, like a costume and a song and something along those lines. I just don't want to. There, I'm always up for physical challenges, things along those lines, anything. I just need some more suggestions because again, we're supposed to make our first picks tomorrow. So are we? Yeah, that's. Yeah, no, no thanks. And that's what we're supposed to do. This is the first. We'll only do. We'll do five college games. Okay. We'll do five college games. I'm gonna pick Miami. Uh, why would you do that? <laughs> Straight up. I don't even. Line. I don't even know what the spread. Is. I don't. I have no idea what the spread 16 is. Sixteen and a half or so, probably yeah, at yeah. least. But it's. You know, it's got to be. Alabama. If it's. I mean, if it's sixteen and a half, know, I'm a hundred percent taking Alabama. I'm trying it to think has of to be what. Twenty-four and a half, probably for me to consider Miami. And even then. <laughs> I gotta be yeah. honest with you. It would be hard. It would be hard for me to take Miami. So I'm sending them to Brian, correct? I would send him to Brian anyway, and just see what happens. I would just do it. Send him to Brian and see what happens. And again, if you want to get in, if you want to see to the table for our picks, it's just twenty five bucks. That's it. I just don't understand his rationale. I'll never. I, you text him. Text him. Try to. I don't even think I have his number. Why wouldn't you have his number? Why would I need his number? Because we do these things. I email him. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's probably probably explains a few things. I don't think I have his number. Probably moment. explains a few things over the years. That you don't even have Brian Powell's number who's been involved with all these various things that we've done. Uh, um, I have Boog. You have Boog Powell. Well, text Boog Powell. <laughs> Pam Shriver was talking about Boog Powell. I, when I got home from the Alanis Morissette show last night, um, I put, actually in the car, I had the Bianca Andrescu match playing in the background. Okay. And I, cause I don't know what the circumstances were because I was only sort of paying attention. And I heard her talking about Boog Powell, and I think it was because the player that Djokovic had played had a name that had a, it was Rune, I believe, was what it I was. Didn't see that. And the crowd was saying Rune, 
at one point when he won because he won a set against Djokovic last night. Um, I think the the crowd and like she was trying to compare it to how in Baltimore because it sounds like boo, but sort when of you say it. You know, it I think does. Aaron Boone said, "If you have the last name Boone, you never get booed." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess you're you're just assuming that they're saying your name all or, the time. Or no, you right? can just convince yourself they are. Well, I mean, sure, whatever it is. Yeah, I think a lot of times you would know the difference when you but, deserve to be booed. But the point being, the Rune. point being, it sounds more like a, I think you know, she was, the Pooh chant. You I know? think that Pam Shriver was trying to talk about how in Baltimore, sure. There was the Boog chant that sounded like Boo, and I think, but she was definitely talking about Boog Pal I would, during the U.S. Open last yeah, that's night. That's always fun. That was neat. It was neat. Not on, not every day you get to hear Boog Pal talked about during a tennis broadcast. Not normally. Not yeah. it's. In fact, in fact, I'd say I would almost be willing to bet never before. <laughs> would be willing to bet it was the first time that it ever came up, uh, as that that happened last night during the uh, U.S. Open broadcast on ESPN. Today, hour number one has also been brought to you today by the Baltimore Ravens and the Countdown to Kickoff Party, which is happening, presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th. A live performance from all-time low. Plus, you can hang out, watch the Ravens-Raiders game on the Ravens vision boards at the stadium. They'll be doing all of the in-game entertainment that you're used to for home games. They'll do it all for that game. And tickets are just 10 bucks. Let me promise you, you can't go to an all-time low show for just 10 bucks. It's not possible. Cannot be done. Get your tickets right now. BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for the Ravens countdown to kickoff party Monday, September 13th. Parking is free. Tickets will go up to $20 day of the event, so get your tickets now. Again, BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff. When we come back in, Drew Forrester is going to join us. Drew's Morning Dish. We continue our big college football preview. He'll let us know about... He knows nothing about college football. I can't Calvert Hall. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, he can tell us a thing or two about Calvert Hall. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressboxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Presented by Express Interior Design, Grade Ace Memorabilia, The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 7th at 7 p.m. at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, bags, 
backpack, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialist. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, Beer, Wine, and Spirits Showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Join PressBox's fantasy football expert Ken Zales for the opening night of NFL season on Thursday, September 9th, 7 p.m. at Sports and Social inside of Live Casino. While you're there, say hi to KZ and let him give you advice on setting up your fantasy team, picking starters, and who you might trade for or pick up on waivers. Watch the opening NFL game, get free fantasy football tutoring from Ken Zales, and enjoy the new Sports and Social Club at Maryland Live. We'll see you on September 9th. Must be 21 or older to enter. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Uh, we're doing this college football stuff today. We will continue that over the course of the next couple of days. Tomorrow, uh, Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo will join us. And on Friday, Towson football coach Rob Ambrose will join us. So we will have covered everybody in the area um, uh, over the course of these three days before the season kicks off. Also tomorrow, we will have the Press Box Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalis at 11.30 a.m. We do it every Thursday. Last chance for you to get some draft advice on the Press Box Fantasy Football Show will be tomorrow morning with KZ, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show, brought to you by CCBC and Glory Days Grill. Every Thursday at 11.30 a.m., facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. Joining us now, he is our buddy Drew Forrester, drewsmorningdish.com. What's going on, pal? How's everything in your world? Yes, sir, except for um, I keep hearing about this rain we're getting. but yeah, it, um, doesn't, it doesn't seem great. My, we, a, I, I, had a, I was supposed to call a soccer match tonight. That's already been uh, booted tomorrow. Uh, right. It seems like it's not going to be pleasant. Did you see any of the pictures of like the lightning in D.C. this morning? By the way, yeah, it's insane. Oh my god! I mean, god. this is yeah. you know, I mean, I'm trying not to be like the, you know, I don't want to be a fear monger, right? But right. it doesn't, it doesn't, 
Doesn't seem very good. No, not ideal. Less than ideal is exactly <laughs> I how I describe it. I think we might need to batten down the hatches here and be a little careful today. Uh, all right. I've, uh, I've talked to a couple folks. I, I know you talked to Van Valkenburg. I had him on Monday, too. I had Steve Sands on yesterday. I, I would think, and I, I saw you talking about it over the weekend, I, yeah, the scores were low, and you, know, the, you could say whatever you want to say about the course. I know the weather was a huge factor with that. But, like, the event itself this weekend – I thought, you know, just being out there, it seemed like a 10 to me. It seemed like this area embraced it, that they put on as good of an event as they possibly could have put on. The things they could control, they did a great job of controlling. 100% agree. I mean, they had clearly had some transportation things that needed to be worked out that I think, you know, they knew going in um, because of some of the routing issues that they needed to make. You know, the, the players, their number one concern was making sure the players could get in. So they, they had to take that into consideration when they did the routing of the traffic. Um, and so they knew there was potential for some problems there. Uh, th- th- they'll fix it. I think if they if they can't fix it or, or can't feel like it's remedied, they may not be able to play again. I mean, the traffic was really bad so you know, and, and it's 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 funny you say that i i saw you talking about that on thursday and friday i didn't go out till saturday and it was not that bad of an experience for me there was like a little bit right of a, there was a little bit of a wait getting on the bus but it was like five minutes on friday it was painless for for me and my girlfriend but you went later in the day you we went, went in the afternoon around yeah. twelve forty or right so-ish. and that was probably the best time to go i someone said to me someone suggested or said to me that they had heard, and I don't, I, I don't know how this would work, but you know they had heard that, it, that they may look someday down the road to doing some sort of like morning session ticket and afternoon session, with the afternoon session being a, a potentially a modified price to get people to say, oh, I won't go out at eight, I'll go out at noon because, like Kyle said, and I went out one day at noon, um, and it was good. So, but other than that, and again, I'm not trying to pick on it. I think we all knew, based on where the golf course was, we all knew it was going to be problematic in some way um, because it's just not easy to get to. But other than that, I thought it was amazing. And, you know, they had this event in Philly before, and the BMW people wanted to test this market. I'm not saying that this was a litmus test to say it's either going to be in Baltimore or in Philly because next year they're going halfway between two of them and they're going to Wilmington. Right. But it's very clear they want the BMW people Once this want region. the event to be in this area. Yep. Yep. I don't think, and I, I do know a handful of Caves people who were excited to have the event, but also, like any other member of a club, were also a little put out by the fact that you know, they lost their club for three or four weeks, sure, right? Sure. So I think the best solution for this probably is I don't think Caves would want it every year. That's number one. Right. And I don't think the tour would put it there every year. Well, and it would lose a little um, bit of its, you know, the, this. It, it wouldn't be this if it happened every year. Right. right. So I, I think what you're going to find is absent them getting some other event, which, you know, the Ryder Cups are all spoken for for the next 15 years, but other than them getting another kind of event, I think what you're going to find here is they'll announce shortly that Caves is going to get this this event back 
and I'm just making this date up in, in 2028. Okay. You know, there'll be yeah. a yeah. there'll be a six year kind of. They'll go to Wilmington next year. They'll go somewhere else, um, maybe somewhere in New York, maybe New Jersey. Uh, but they'll figure it out. I, I think that the event. I think everything absent. You know the the, the stuff that kind of happened there with DeChambeau and the whole rule yesterday and all of that. That could have happened at any place. It just happened to be yep. Baltimore. It just happened to be caves, but it wasn't because we're nuts and no one else is. We're all nuts, right? Yeah, um, but this was a particularly drunk crowd that was there. This oh week. no, no, yeah, it this... was by Sunday. It was. Um, it, it. I don't want to use the word dangerous. I think that's an, that, that might be embellishing it, but it was kind of. You know, they had been out there all day. Some of them had been there all weekend, yeah. right? This isn't – imagine what it would be like if the Ravens played a home game on a Saturday and a Sunday. Right, right. I mean, being, and, and that's kind of what this became, right? And so if you went out there Saturday and you got home at 930 and you got up the next morning and you went back out again at 8 o'clock and you started getting oiled up again, you you know, by Sunday yeah, at 3 – It was drunk. Huh. It was a really yeah. drunk crowd. It, there was so, no debate. debate I, I think – I think the whole thing was great. I think it was a wonderful success. I think the golf course, they got exactly what they wanted from the outcome in terms of the, the scoring. They it, it, Anyone who thinks that the tour didn't want them to shoot those numbers is nuts because it's exactly what they wanted. They wanted it to – they didn't – you know, they can't control the weather, but they could clearly control the setup of the golf course – and it's very obvious they wanted the place to be to play wide open. They wanted it to be a birdie fest because I think they know, hey, they haven't had an event here in 60 years. We want to show these people a good golf. And I don't think anyone at the golf tournament wanted to see six under par win. Nobody wanted to see that. So I, I thought it was awesome. And, um, you know, I might be one of those people personally who wouldn't have minded seeing – 10 or 12 under win and see it right. play a little more difficult, but right. I'm clearly an outlier. And I also understand from the market, you know, the golf tournament that the first time around you want these people to really be become enamored. And when you left there, if you are, were any kind of, if you're any kind of novice golf fan, you left there thinking that these guys are out of this world good, right? Because of how many birdies they made. And the reality well, is, we if, all know, except, they are really except good. Except for the guy that had a one-shot lead on 17 and his opponent put it in the water and he couldn't right. win the golf tournament. Like, couldn't, make, couldn't, make, like, couldn't, make a full, couldn't make a three. Right. But you, you left there thinking these guys are out of this world good when the reality is they are out of this world good. Right. But the conditions of the golf course – really, really helped make them look five times better than they are, which is kind of hard to do because they're all incredibly, you know, it's a kind of, it's weird, right? Cantlay, I'm not being disrespectful to him because I think he is a great player. Cantlay got outplayed golf-wise dramatically by DeChambeau, but he, but he putted better, right? So the people that go watch it, they, they, the majority of the people that go watch it, they don't, they don't know that. They just watch it and go, birdie, birdie, this is great. Another birdie, this is awesome. So I think it turned out to be perfect. I, I, I wouldn't have done anything different if I were the tour. Um, maybe stop the beer sales at 4 o'clock. But other than that, like I wouldn't have done anything else. I think they hit a – I think the only, the only functional thing that they whiffed on without question was water. 
you know, they not having water there yeah. was really a problem. And I think they know that, and I would be, I would bet you anything that if they come back again in August, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. They I, would, they, I, I they got, would have water. I, 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 I got, I got a water for five dollars. I was really, yeah, I know, right, right, right. <laughs> um, and then the other thing too, and this is something that I wrote about yesterday that no one really talked about. And again, it's not nitpicking; it's just examining the future of the tournament. Um, the other thing is August, by far, in terms of wanting to host a golf tournament. August is the worst month of the year in this area for hosting a professional golf tournament because you're not going to get dry conditions, right. which is right. which is what they need. If if you want to make a golf course hard, one of the easiest ways is to make is to let the weather help you make it hard, which is to make the golf course dry. And they were never going to get that in August at Cave. So that would be the only other consideration moving forward: is could they get an event of some sort in May? You know, could they get the PGA Championship in May, which would be the conditions would be much different, or could they get some kind of an event in late September or October, which, of course, could be the Ryder Cup. And I know Azinger was on the air the other day trumpeting that as like, this place needs a Ryder Cup. The conditions would be way different for a Ryder Cup. That's for that's for sure. So how, how, I thought it was awesome. How difficult, like, let's say they made the fairways narrow. Like, how difficult could they make the course? Like, I know this was a 27 under, but, like, how low or, I guess, high could they get the scores if they were to actively be trying for, for a more difficult course? Well, the one thing they would do right away is they would make the second hole and one of the par fives on the front par fours because that's effectively what they were for the whole weekend anyway. So if you made number two... Um, which every one of those guys was basically hitting the green or hitting it close to the green in two shots. If you made number two a par four and you made either 12 or 16 a par four, my, my personal thing is I would make 12 a, a par four because I think 16 is a five. It does add some drama to it. So if you do that, right away now you're in the 20 under range and you haven't done anything to the golf course. And I think if you made the fairways you know, 30 to 45 yards wide instead of 40 to 65 yards or 70 yards wide, I think you're looking at another shot or two a day. I think you could get it to 12 under or 16 under with little or no change except for the fairways and making those two holes par fours instead of par fives. You could easily get it to 16 under. And, and you know, that that's still, that's still good golf. It's still fun to watch. And, I, you know, that may or may not wind up happening, but the weather was a huge issue, probably more than more than the condition of the layout was the weather. It was uh, just so soft. It was just too uh, soft. It's, and and we, the ball's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to stick exactly where you hit it, and you're that good. Obviously, that, I would probably have shot two under at that tournament. Oh, correct. I, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching. I'm like, you know, Clark could have yeah, finished top I'm 20 in this I'm, thing. I might have. All right, all right, let's, uh, let's cover the thing. Drew Forrester's with us. So I'm in a weird place because to an extent, I agree with you. To an extent, right? Like when it comes to the Shambo thing. I, there is a small part of me that's like, but we don't do this in other sports. Like we would never do this. We'd never say in football, hey, something that might rattle your opponent, you're not allowed to say any longer. Like we would never do that. I, to an extent, can accept that golf inherently is a different sport, right? But it being this one particular thing, like, it, I, I am struggling with the, you're not saying it during his back, if you're saying it during his backswing, get the F out, right? Like, you never do that. I am a little bit in a weird place where, are you really going after this, this thing that's not offensive, 
I, I, I'm struggling with all of this because I, I get it to an extent, but it still does sort of seem extreme. Well, here's, here's this will be the simplest explanation I can give you. There is a, there, the, the argument would be, when does his, when does he begin his golf swing? So when he's standing over the ball the other day on the 18th fairway, and he is in his routine to get ready to make a swing, and someone yells something at him, his consideration is, you have interfered with me. You, you and I'm not, I'm not saying you're, you're wrong for the way you presented it, you're saying as long as it's not in his backswing or okay, in but, his swing. And so I would, I would even go a step further, so maybe I don't understand this. If you're saying once he stands over the ball, I'd probably even be willing to agree with you with that. This, yeah. this sounded more like that anyone who yells out Brooksy is going to get kicked out of a tournament, even if he's walking down the fairway. I, I think that it, it does sound like that, and I do think that it is. I do think that's what the rule is intended for. I'm not sure I like the rule, by the way, either. Okay. Um, because I do think that I do think that it leads. I do think legislating what people say or yell is a slippery slope. I do agree with that. Like, what if the next but, guy said, it bothers me when someone yells out, let's go fill, right? Right, like, right. Like, so like, I, I do get it, but I also think that you need, not you, but people in general need to, let's deal in reality. And the reality is that we all know that people do go out there just to heckle him. That is the reality. I don't, I don't think there's any right? doubt about that. And 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 to me, that's wrong, and it's wrong for any player. But, and it doesn't even have to be DeChambeau. It could be anyone. But if you go out there, and and you're going out there with the express purpose of ridiculing and heckling and 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 trying to disrupt him, I don't think you belong there. That's a tough thing for me, right? Like, I, and that's golf. Cause, and, cause, and, and it is different. It is it is different than football. Right. But I would also say that there's very rarely an occasion. Very rarely an occasion. I'm going to have to um, start my car here for a second. So hold on. Mm, I got to take Ethan to Calvert Hall. How about oh, that? Oh, whoa, whoa! Ethan was just born yesterday, and I take him to Calvert Hall. Holy smokes! So, oh. Wait, at eleven seventeen a.m. What? What is? What is going on? But I do think that golf. Ah. Uh, uh. It's different than the other sports in that one person singularly, for the most part, can't disrupt those other games. And unless you do something dumb like run out on the field. Yeah, or if you but yell I mean, at the, the officials part, that they're calling, we, we call in fouls for breathing now, unless you do something yeah, like right, that. Right, 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 right. But, you know, golf is a little different in that you are, you know, you are sort of kind of right there on top of the action. Um, and you know, it's just, I, I don't really have another way to say it other than golf is different. And if that means that people want to consider these guys soft or vulnerable or whatever, you, you can do that all you want, but the, it, it is what it is in golf. And part of the process of playing is when you get into your routine and some guys have a, uh, personally, my routine takes eight seconds and it's pretty short. Some players, it takes 35 seconds, and it's longer. And so um, I, I do see – I kind of do see all sides of it, and I'm not sure that legislating what these people can yell yeah. is a good idea. But I also think that anyone who goes out there with the express purpose of taunting or heckling any player, it shouldn't be there. 
It's interesting. It's interesting. I, like, I, I think, I, I gen I think like generically it. where I would agree with you is I think that people should be jerks a little bit less, right? Like, I get that. But I also get that they want to root for their guys. They want to. It's a, it's a, it's a weird place for me. But I. Well, I, the tour, the tour. By the way, the tour has, the the tour is not blameless in this. They have. Oh, they've openly. Um, in, they want these people. They want. Oh, the, the, one million the percent. Polo, yeah. they, I know we all refer to them sort of generically as the barstool crowd. Like yeah. that's become a little bit of a verb now, right? Yep. Like those barstool guys. Um, the tour wants them, but they want them to be well-behaved, and I don't know that those two things can happen. Right, right. If, if and, then, and, then, and then, you know, you take into the account the gambling element of it, which is um, clearly becoming a, a huge, huge interest for the tour. They want you to gamble. It's funny, I went uh, on, when I went on Thursday with my buddies from Primary Residential Mortgage, they were literally in the booth, in the tent, putting $1 on every tee shot on 18. That's pretty funny. That's what they were doing. And they were having fun. And they were throwing dollar bills around like you used to throw them around up in Providence. Oh, you know me. Um, yeah. How much? Here's uh, all the money in my wallet to keep the bar yeah. open. So they were betting on each tee shot, right? And it was just funny money. It was a dollar. They were literally handing dollar bills around. So the tour wants, the tour wants that, and there are... There will be, if it isn't in place yet, it will be soon. There are plenty of opportunities via your cell phone to do that, just like there will be in baseball. Otani's up. Is he going to get a hit right now? It's plus 140 that he gets a hit, right? So these, the next play is Lamar Jackson. Will the Ravens gain four and a half or more yards on the next play? Bet 100 to win 140, right? We all know that's coming. And I, I think golf is doing the same thing. So they're in, uh, they're in some ways, they're attracting this crowd, but then they expect them to behave appropriately, and I just don't know that you can get both of those things. Uh, I mean, I, I think you might be onto something. All right, uh, at It's a Hooded Far Island on Twitter, DrewsMorningDish.com. Hey, the Orioles won last night, by the way. I heard. Who cares? Um, Ethan uh, came in, and he was all excited this morning. He said the Orioles won. Did you tell him that the Diamondbacks lost so it hurt them? Did you tell him that? It was a, it was a bad uh, result not, for the Orioles last night. We've only we we've got three weeks left to lose. Uh, They're going to win 52 games when it's all said and done. Boy, you are, you are bullish. You are bullish about how many more wins the Orioles are going to get. Yeah, maybe not. That might be too high. It's definitely have, too high. They got to get the fifty. You are so obsessed. Drew is the most obsessed person I know about. Like the Orioles winning games. It's just a weird bit. All right, uh, I gotta, I gotta run. I got stuff I gotta do. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, there he is, Drew Forrester, Drew'sMorningDish.com. Appreciate him taking a minute for us. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. Um, we got through August. They celebrated their fifteenth anniversary. If you missed out on what they were doing in August, that's on you. But there's good news. They've got a great new offer for you for September. It's Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy. Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, before we chat with Tyrone Wheatley, I just want to take a minute here. I have not. We just had a lot that we've been doing this week. Um, that on the show itself, I haven't really spent any time uh, talking about Jeff Seidel, who is one of my favorite 
human beings that I have come across in this business and someone who, and I'll just tell you that this is, this is the entire genesis of my relationship with Jeff Seidel. We barely knew each other for years. We would be in the same press boxes and we would kind of nod and, you know, being polite, like we were always polite, but we barely knew each other. When I left the radio station, Jeff Seidel came out of his way to approach me the next time he saw me and he said, I'm so glad that you left there. And I, I realized, oh, it, you know, there was kind of a connotation and I understood that. Um, and he was so happy that I had gotten connected with the press box. He was like, you're around great people. And then I out, would go out of his way every time he saw me to ask me questions. My wife was pregnant at the time. You know, like, excited. What, you have, what do you know about fatherhood? All this. And then it would, when I became a father, Jeff Seidel, who a year earlier I had almost no relationship with, just, you know, polite. That's mm-hmm. all it was. Would start texting me. Would start... Uh, Facebook messaging me randomly. How's everything going with your son? How are things? Anything that you're struggling with? Anything that... And would start telling me stories about his own two kids. I think a lot of people are familiar with Zach, who runs UMBC's Twitter account, got a lot of publicity um, when they beat Virginia mm-hmm. because of you know the expert level of trolling that he was doing. Uh, his daughter, Kara, he would start telling me stories about things that, like they had gone through when they were younger and like you know i remember when my kids were having surgeries which were very minor he was sending me messages hey man i'm thinking about you and i'm thinking about your wife and i'm thinking about your son this morning just out of nowhere and it was so unbelievable until i realized from everybody else in this business it's exactly who he was this is what he did for everyone Luke Jackson wrote a really nice tribute. Um, you know, he and Zach are very close friends, and so um, he got to know Jeff in a, a particularly personal level. And Luke wrote a really nice tribute last night at PressBoxOnline.com. Ron Snyder wrote one as well this week at PressBoxOnline.com. And everybody in our business locally has the exact same things to say about Jeff Seidel, who's just as wonderful a human being as you could ever possibly imagine. I tell you this part if you don't know jeff unfortunately had been battling cancer for some time and he died over the course of this weekend there has been a gofundme started for his family to take care of some expenses um if you ever read jeff anywhere and i promise you you did and i would tell you where it was but he was a professional freelancer he wrote for everyone um i would just encourage you to maybe go check out i've i pinned it to our twitter or my twitter account our twitter account at glenn clark radio just maybe throw in a buck or two if you could uh, for Jeff's family. It would go. It would mean the world. Um, this is not a very lucrative business, unfortunately, for as successful as he was. He was certainly by no means wealthy, um, and there's a lot of costs that come with having 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 had to fight cancer for a number of years. So, um, love Jeff Seidel, love his whole family, and thinking about them and everybody who knew him. And it's a huge loss. It is a devastating loss for our entire community because he was truly a wonderful man. No easy way to transition, but alas, that's what we do on this program. Um, we're going to continue previewing college football. We had to do this a little bit earlier on. Opportunity to uh, catch up with Morgan State head coach Tyrone Wheatley right here on GCR. College football season gets underway locally this coming Saturday as Morgan State will host Towson at Hughes Stadium. It's a pleasure now to be joined by the head coach of the Bears, a man who I know who is itching to get his team back on the field finally. He's Coach Tyrone Wheatley, and he's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you. Thank you, as always, for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Well, it's truly a pleasure being back on, and 
you know, like you said, yes, I am itching. Yeah, it's <laughs> been wait to get back out there. Been way too long, hey, Coach. Can you? attempt to i know i'm asking a thing that you could probably write a book about what these last two years have been like but in the in a short amount of time could you attempt to describe what this has been like for you and your program going through all of this not having a season last year the pandemic to finally get to this point where you're able to play football again well i think the word appreciation comes to mind and and taking things for granted um so to elaborate on that is uncertainty, right? COVID presented so many uncertainties, so many things that that's out of our control that we couldn't control. And, you know, you're dealing with young men, um, you know, with high expectations and everything that's at their beckoning call and they're, they're not in control of their destiny right now. And, 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 and to do the same thing over and over and over and over coach, you know, we're doing the same thing over. And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. dude, that's repetition is what's going to make you great. Right. So just being able to basically get them to settle down in their mind and to understand that there's no normal, no more, the normal or the norm that you once knew it's no longer uh, wearing your mask is the new norm. Every time you walk past the hand sanitizer thing, hit that, that's your new normal. Uh, which was hard for me was just not being able to see the guys and touch the guys and, you know, be with them. Um, you know, the zoom, that's what got me the most of the time, but all those things was really, really, we just had to put those aside and say, this is our new normal and, and make it what it is. And we treated COVID as an opponent. You know, our biggest thing was, you know, going day by day. Did we win versus COVID? Yes, we won. No one tested positive. You know, we didn't, we no one was hurt, so we we treated COVID as the the, the opponent, right? And um, and it was just it was a weird deal, but we made it through. And I think my team became closer. Um, they matured. I tell you what, they matured as men very um, rather quickly. It was a great thing to see. But uh, it's it's like you say, yeah, I can write a book um, <laughs> on it. And uh, but it, it was great to see them transform and go through it. But now I'm just waiting to see them get ready to play. Coach, so let's go there, right? You know, you obviously had goals for this program when you arrived, and you know, you only had the one season before all this happened. Does it does it make you recalibrate your goals, or do you say, you know, whatever it was going to be, we gotta we gotta move light speed ahead because it's the second no, season? No, okay, no, no, no because listen, um, it's it's funny you say that. I was. Um, my wife, God bless her heart, because she had to deal with me through the pandemic. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she she made she gave me some great insight <clears throat> because we were part of that um, Home Depot's uh, skyrocket stock boom hmm. because we were you know doing house transformation mm-hmm. and and she sat me down and she looked at it and she said you know what. Before they had to build this community, this complex, they had to have a plan. And they had to clear the lot. They had to, before they even poured the foundation, they had to do they had to do so many things to clean up. And as you go through, yes, you're gonna hit some some bumps in the road, but do you truly alter your plans if the if the situation doesn't dictate it? COVID didn't dictate to us that we had to change our plans and our goals. My number one thing when I first came in here was the A to clean the program up and get it structured and get it disciplined. Academics over athletics. 
we went from a 2.4 GPA to a 3.2 GPA. Mm. So, no, you don't change your plans. You mm. stick to it, and that's a priority. I always said when I talked about cleaning up, I want good character young men. Uh, as I just spoke about, these guys have grown expeditiously through this pandemic. Um, no whining, no crying. No, we, the, the guys came up with a term, and I hope they don't mind me using it, but I don't know if it's theirs, but I, I thought it was really clever. Don't waste adversity. Right. And, it, and it's great when a group of young men says, hey, we're not going to waste adversity. We're going to use it to our advantage. Hmm. Um, so, no, COVID actually ingrained and solidified. It, it basically told me that my goals and my plans for this team and this organization was right on point because it didn't have to waver. I didn't have to change it. Stay tried and true through through it all. Did and um, and now that we're out of it, once again. We're back to the same deal. From a football perspective, is there anything that you need to see? Like for everything that you see in practice and what these guys are doing, working with each other, is there something you need to see on Saturday? You know, not necessarily just the result of the game, but is there something you need to see to know you're where you need to be football-wise having not played in so long? I don't think Saturday is going to be the, you know, the tell-all of what I need to see. Because I have, you know, I have a bunch of young guys. I have a new group, but I think over the course of the year, right? But if, if if you point out one thing, okay, if you point out one thing that I need to see on Saturday is resolve. What do I mean by that? How do we handle our peaks and our valleys, right? Our grit. How do we have? If we can, if our valleys are above average, I think we'll be okay. You know meaning we just can't fall off the map and not recover. Uh, we're going to hit some things because there are some unknowns. You know, there's some rust. Let's be honest. There's going to be some rust. Um, but if we go out there and we just play and not, not worry about who Townsend is, but play like we're capable of playing, I think that we'll be okay. I know, I know we'll be okay. So if, you're, if you were to say one thing I want to go see this weekend and who we are, it would be our resolve. Okay. Okay, I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. He's Coach Tyrone Wheatley from Morgan State. They're getting ready to host Towson Saturday, 4 o'clock at Hughes Stadium. He's with us here on GCR. Coach, let's talk about uh, some of your guys. I guess let's start. Uh, I know you've had a couple of guys battling at the quarterback spot. Are you are you there? Have you made a decision? Are you close to making a decision? Do you think we might see both guys uh, on Saturday against Tigers? You know what? That's a great question, and to be honest with you, I'm not saying it, you know, not to be – you know, holding anything back, uh, it's, it's going down to the wire. It, it, it truly is. Um, but they both display, you know, different values, but they both take care of the football. They both do a great job of managing bad situations. They do a great job of uh, putting people in the right places. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a pretty hard one for me right now. But, uh, you know, Two quarterbacks you're speaking of is Jerry Grissom and, and uh, Neil Boudreau. Uh, so I tell you, both intelligent young men, uh, very competitive, as as a quarterback should be, right? Um, but and the great thing I love about that competitiveness, it's a brotherhood. You know, it's a brotherhood. I mean, even though they're competing, they're helping one another, right? They're they're competing and and, and they're showing one another what they could have done better or what they've missed, and um, it's just a great thing to see. 
There's a uh, there's a new guy who showed up in your running back room. I'm not sure if you heard of him. He's a transfer from Virginia Tech, uh, which seems like a heck of a place to go to find some talent. Um, this guy, Terius, is it Wheatley? Wheat, we, I'm not. Williams, no. I think it is. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, got you. That's <laughs> what it is. Where did you manage to find this guy? How'd you manage to get him here? Uh, I know his mom really well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so we're obviously we're talking about your son. Um, tell me about how it came about that this ended up being the right place and. And what's that dynamic been like for you as a coach and a father going into the season? Well, you know, this is my second go-round. You know, I have my oldest, TJ, here with me. Yep. Um, I, I tell you, the dynamic is it's really – for them, it's weird. For them, it's weird. For me, it's not. Because they say, hey, you treat us – you treat them just like you treat us. You know, and, and I tell them, I said, because I made an oath to these parents when, when I bring these young men on campus that I'm going to treat them like they're mine. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, be stern, but I'm going to be fair. I'm, I'm, I'm going to push the things that got me to where I am, you know, on these young men. And so they, it's weird on them. They say, man, use the same sins at home. and But for him, he gets to see me in my element, right? He doesn't get to see me as dad. Now he gets to see me as coach. And, um... I find him looking at me with a different look nowadays, and I, and it kind of gets me choked up every once in a while because now they get to see you know me as dad all the time, but now they get to see me see me work, just see me you know do my job hmm. up close and personal, and and I, I and I never asked him, but it, to me it's, it's it's a look of he's proud of his dad, you know. So hmm. that's that's um, cool. That's cool. That that that's a good thing to see. Man, I you know I've been telling a lot of people, coach. I got a six year old and a four year old. And for as awful, and I want to make it very clear, it was the the pandemic was horrendous for everybody. And so when I say these things, I'm not trying to shed light on it, but they liked having me around. Um, like that, they were at an age where they were happy to have me, and it was a time that I'll look back on positively because of that. Right? Like I, I can yeah. only imagine that you know it, it's to to have them at that age and actually like being around you, actually want to sign up for more time around dad. I can't even imagine as a father what that means to you that they would choose to be spending time with you and, and in your program and doing that stuff. All right. So we're going to pop off a little football, but I, I tell you, you know, I have five kids and three of my boys play sports and two young women. My, uh, my oldest daughter just went off to uh, Penn state. Okay. And as they start to leave the house, I, my wife, okay, is the one that's ready to get them out. I'm the one that's home crying. I want my kids back <laughs> home, you know? And, um, it, it's amazing though as you said, that they want to be around me. And that means I, I, I might have done some right things, you know, as they were growing up. Uh, but it, it's it's really great to have them around, have him around, and to uh, be around him. That's awesome. That's just you, You're going to make me – I'm going to choke up a little bit, Coach. Being a dad now makes That's me – That's all right, man. I'm, Let's go. I'm, we can have a crime. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm soft now. Being a father has made me soft as hell, Coach. It is the reality of my life. All right, so now I'm going to – you know, be fair – how, how talented is he? You know, how, how special can he be for you and your program? Um, not just being, you know, your son, but being a football player that you, you're you going to have to count on this season. Well, you know, he's, he's really talented. And with all of my kids, I let them make their decisions. I, I, I put my input in, but um, it's their decision. And, you know, Virginia Tech had different plans for him. Um, and what I mean by that was, I, I know I tried to tell Tech, you know, don't look at me and don't look at my oldest son 
he doesn't he's not going to get that frame. And so when he didn't grow into what they thought he was, they kind of just pigeonholed him into a certain stature and, and, and position. He could do way more than what he did at you know he's not just a jet sweep guy. He's an inside zone, outside zone guy. Great, I mean, great gap scheme runner. Um, has good vision. And, I mean, he's just a guy who's going to help us. You know, I, I wouldn't say he's the most talented back, but he's he's right up there. That's great. That's great. I love everything about that. Um, another player that jumped out at me, I know there's a lot of expectations for Wesley Woolfork, um, a guy that, that showed you a few things in 2019. Whoever the quarterback is going to be, is it safe to expect that there are going to be a lot of balls headed his way this season? You know what? Oh, man. Um, here's another guy who – just likes just just lights my heart up when you when you speak about him because he here's a guy who could have just you know said you know coach I'm going to play my fifth year and um, that'll be it you know but the pandemic hit but he decided to come back and he just didn't come back I mean it's it's the scene from the old old rock I can't remember which Rocky this is it's the Rocky Four where he's up in the mountains and he's got oh yeah getting ready for Drago yeah hundred percent right. You know, that's how West came back. I mean, he changed his body. I mean, he he came back and he just said, "Hey, coach, you know what? I'm here with you." Um, and that that feels good when it, when it, when a player says he's here with you, side by side. I mean, all the Zoom means he was the, he was the captain. He was a leader. Hey, guys, put you know, turn your cameras on, face up in the. I didn't have to say a word, you know. So I'm just looking for this. Me personally, I just want him to have a good year. Not because, you know, he's a senior and all. I want him to have a good year because he's a great guy. That's you know, cool. great guy. That's cool. And um, I don't use this word much deserve, but this this young man deserves to have a hell of a year. That's awesome. And then one more guy I wanted to highlight, if I could, and have you tell me about it, just because I think the story is incredible. Uh, I know that you didn't find him right out of the Netherlands. I know there was a stop in between, but – how many defensive linemen? Is there a pipeline that can start for you guys with defensive linemen coming from Amsterdam? Like, is that something that you can tap into in the coming years? Tell me about uh, Mourinho Dendo. I, you know what? He's another guy. Um, it just took the pandemic. And like I told you, the guy said, don't waste adversity. I, I, he's another guy who he was walking down the hall. And I, you know, he shaved his head and he was walking. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, that's Dendo. But I said, that's not Dendo, right? Yeah. I mean, he's chiseled. He's looking really good. I, you know, so coming back, I had a, a conditioning assessment. And I really wanted to see where these guys were. You know, I mean, I really stuck it to them. Um, first day, they ran 10 110s with a 45-second jog back rest. Not a rest, not a stationary rest. You had to jog back. Wow. Then the next day, they had to run an 800. Dendo killed it. He crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. And here's a guy who, once again, who took to light that, okay, this is a pandemic. I can say, whoa, it's me. I can sit here and cry about everything and how the world is not fair. I'm, or, I'm, or I can make the best of it and, and take this, this, this tidal wave and let me ride this thing. And, and I'm telling you, he owned it. He looks good. And then I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that the um, preseason um, award is, you know, he's being spotlighted for it. And uh, once again, here's a guy that, like I said, I don't use the word deserve a lot, but 
if he gets it, he deserves it. That's awesome, man. That's all. And, and we could do this, I know, all day with other guys on your roster that are worthy of conversation. I'll, I'll leave it there for now, but we'll, we'll, have this, we'll do this again during the season. We'll talk about more of the guys on your team, and that'll be the plan. Saturday, 4 o'clock, Morgan State hosting Towson. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Fans back at stadiums, local rivalry. It's everything you could ask for in college football. Coach Tyrone Wheatley, we are uh, so happy that we're finally back at that place that you guys can get out on the field this Saturday and and play a game and have some I, – I know we don't like using the word normal around here because it's still not fully normal, but it's something close, and we'll take that for right now. Um, appreciate you taking the time for us. Best of luck to you and the Bears this season. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Oh, thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. Tyrone Wheatley from Morgan State. Again, they open up against Towson on Saturday. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We continue our kind of college football preview morning. Is joining us now here on GCR. Uh, we talked to uh, Greg Chimera from Johns Hopkins earlier. Well, on Saturday, the other side of it, uh, of course, you know I'm the play-by-play voice for Stevenson Athletics, and I'm excited to be back at Mustang Stadium for what should be a normal season for them in the fall. Joining us now, the head coach of the Mustangs, he's Coach Ed Hoddle. He's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks very much, Glenn. I appreciate you having me on. Man, I know you guys tried everything in your power to play a spring season. You got, you know, you got a taste of football, I guess, which is something. It's not nothing during the course of the spring. Um, take me through the trials, the tribulations. In in what way do you feel like maybe your team is sharper for all of the good and the bad they've been through over the course of the last couple of years? Well, I, I tell you, it was it was mentally and emotionally challenging in the spring. You know, it, it literally was day by day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, every day at the end of practice, I, I would tell our guys, you know, be thankful we had today and look forward to tomorrow. And it was just really a, a singular focus. You, you know, it was um, it literally was day by day, and, and we were grateful for all of the opportunities that, that we did have in the spring, and we were able to play. Uh, the one game against Alvernia and, you know, I told them pregame, same thing, you know, appreciate this opportunity um, simply because we just don't know what even, you know, that Sunday, Monday was going to bring. And, you know, I think as we've kind of played it forward to today, um, you know, facing that type of adversity literally on a day by day basis has, you know, has made them mentally tougher and emotionally tougher. And I think the other piece to it too is, you know, really having an appreciation for how much you really love just going to football practice. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I think the biggest lesson that we've learned. That's a, it's a great thought and, and something that I'm sure has kind of fueled them as you go into this season. Um, coach, you know, th- this is where you've elevated this program to and the expectations, I assume nothing changes just because, you know, there was a weird year last year. I assume the expectation is, we're looking to compete atop the MAC. We, you know, you believe that you're going to go have the opportunity to win the MAC this season. That's right. You know, our our expectations, um, you know, dating back to 2009, the day that that, that we started the program here, are one and the same. Um, go out and compete and be the best football team that we can be every Saturday, regardless of who it is that we play. And you know, really trying to take it, you know, one week at a time. And again, looking back to last year, it's, it's one practice. It's, it's one play, it's one series and, and, and just be focused on the now. And, 
Um, you know, for us, you know, our focus right now is Saturday afternoon at one o'clock and, you know, we're excited about it and, um, you know, can't wait to can't wait to get there. The uh, the good news you have an, a veteran, you have an experienced quarterback that uh, you can fall upon. Um, I've been very impressed by Ryan Sedgwick. Of course, he had to replace a really good quarterback himself um, at one point. But how helpful is that, given all of these things that you've been through, to have a veteran, to have someone that you can have so much trust in? Experience has definitely been an advantage through all of this. Um, having a mature leader in that position. Um, has has really benefited, particularly our younger kids. Um, you know, we've got, you know, we essentially have two classes of first-year students here. Um, those guys that went through this, you know, what we did in the fall and then a little bit more robust experience in the spring, they've still yet to be involved in a college football game. And for us, having him, you know, kind of talking in the locker room to those guys and sharing his experience has, has really been invaluable for us. I asked this, by, by, we're talking with Ed Hoddle, the head coach of the Stevenson Mustangs. I asked this in part as a broadcaster who's got to prepare for this. Um, how many players are on your roster right now, Coach, as you reference uh, a couple of new classes and the guys that decided to stick around? Like, how big is the roster going into this season? Um, healthy guys right now, I think we're about 129, um, which isn't, we've been bigger in the past and and we've kind of looked to, um, downsize a little bit and then, you know, then we get hit with this. So, um, for us, you know, having the the fifth year guys and, you know, it's exciting to have them, but it definitely creates. You know, it, it definitely re- creates a numbers issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some schools, you know, move, kind of moved along the fifth-year guys. And, you know, we took the position here that, that we would support whatever decision that they that they made because I felt it was a personal decision. Um, we had some move on. We had some decide to stay. and But I felt it was important that they went out on their own terms, whether it was playing here in, in 2021 or um, – you know, playing in, you know, finishing their career at, you know, here at Alvernia in the springtime. So, um, you know, it's created a little bit of an issue, but I, I think everybody's handled it really well. Our younger guys understand um, and have done a really, really solid job working through that process. Do, the does it change things for you as far as like, I, and I don't, I just don't know the dynamic of coaching in this way. Like you got, you want to go win football games and you want to have your best players out there. Do you feel inclined to try to use more guys because of the sheer numbers that you're dealing with or you got to throw all that stuff out the window no we 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 can't we can't just put guys on the field for the sake of putting them out there well i think you when you when you look at the classes and the situations that we're in right now you have to keep a, a good eye on player development and that's really been a key and what we've tried to do throughout the preseason is create opportunities for the young guys to compete. Yeah. Um, yes, we have, you know, we have the drive and desire to, to use our, you know, our 21 practices to get ready for the opener. Uh, but we've really, I think, done a good job of creating either, you know, as part of normal practice or after the normal practice, creating opportunities for the young guys to grow and develop, um, which has been really, really good. You know, we've seen some, we've seen some guys really start to perform, um, you know, some of the, 
you know, some of the first years from last year, as well as some of the first years from this year, and they've created opportunities for themselves on, in, in some special team situations, which we are incredibly excited about. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of a twofold process where you're working to get ready to play football games, but you're also working to develop the young talent that you have in your program at the same time. All right, so one of my favorite things about doing Stevenson football is uh, you guys like to score. And uh, for broadcasters, that's a lot of fun. Um, and I got a funny feeling that nothing's going to change, that this the, the offense that we've seen in recent years – in fact, if I remember correctly, there were like two drives to start the game in that spring that you didn't score, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? What What is, what is happening <laughs> around these parts? Um, I have every reason to believe, and looking at the the skill talent, the talent players that you bring back, and I, this is going to be the same type of offense that we've gone to know um, at, of Stevenson football over the last decade, right? It's... We hope so. Um, you know, we've we've got you know we've got to replace um, a significant part of our offensive line. You know, some of those you know what we lost after the 2019 season was not insignificant. Sure. Sure. Um, we had four seniors that, that contributed and played a great deal of minutes for us. And, you know, we've got guys here that we think, you know, are going to be pretty good players, but again, they've not had the get the live game reps and we've tried to manufacture situations and scenarios in practice and through scrimmages and things like that. But there's nothing like Saturday afternoon and the pressure that comes along with, you know, it, it counts now. And so, you know, there are some questions. Um, we are, we are hopeful that we can still move the ball around and, and, and score some points, but you know, until we have the opportunity to actually go out and prove that we can do it, you know, there's going to be those question marks. I, I certainly understand that. Um, coach, I, you got any stories for me about guys and, and what they've been through over the course of the last year? You know these guys better than everyone. And I, although I say that, with 129 guys, there might be a couple that you don't know at all when they're walking around. Um, any particular story that jumps out at you that's particularly interesting that, that, that we should know about before the season begins? I mean, I, I think – Every guy has a story to some degree at this point, meaning, you know, we have guys that have kind of skipped through the last 18 months and, and it hasn't really bothered them a great deal. We, we've had some guys, we had one student athlete who ended up because of circumstances outside of his control, ended up spending 24 days in isolation. Um, you know, and, and so we, again, I think everybody's got a little bit of a different story to tell in the sense that how they've kind of handled this. Um, you know, I, I think it's been, it's been rough on a lot of guys. And like I said, a lot of guys have just kind of skipped through it and, and it hasn't bothered them a beat other than, you know, an interruption to their normal schedule. And I think, you know, I, I, I caught the end of your previous interview and, and the, the the cautiously optimistic use of the word normal yeah. um, is is really really interesting, and I'm kind of guarded in the same sense that you know I think the closest thing to normal for any college football program will happen inside of the white lines, you know, here coming up as as the seasons start to open. Um, you know, that's the most normal thing that we're going to do from a football perspective. And, and I know that our guys are incredibly excited about the opportunity to just get out and play some football. Yeah, no question. Um, I, I know that I'm excited. I know the staff's excited and our students are excited here at the university. And, 
you know, just to get back to a quote unquote normal Saturday in the fall is, is, is so exciting to everyone. All right. I I asked uh, Greg about it earlier. I I know it didn't go your way in the bowl game two years ago. And I know how difficult of a matchup it is because they're really good. There's no question about it, but man, it, it felt like a lot of juice for that game at the end of the season. And I, you know, I feel a level of excitement for it. Is there hope? Is there interest in keeping this going with Johns Hopkins moving forward as as two really good D three schools in this same city? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I would love to do it. Um, you know, I think that you know, I I think that as you look at conferences, there's still some shifting and moving going on, and you know, who knows? You know, what the future is going to bring. As a matter of fact, I had a I had a scheduling conversation. Uh, with regard to 2023, 2024, just this morning, um, you know, with, with, with one of our scheduled opponents and their, their league is moving in a different direction. So, you know, these things open and close and get rescheduled and get moved around. But, you know, we have the utmost respect for, for the Johns Hopkins program and, and, and coaches done a, you know, done an outstanding job. And, you know, we hope to, uh, you know, we hope to be in a big ball game on Saturday. And that's, you know, I think you're right. I think, you know, it could be something really, really cool moving forward, and you know, we'd be all for it. I, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's great for the area, and, uh, and and it's two good teams. It's two good teams. It's great football, and that's what we're expecting this Saturday, one o'clock, Mustang Stadium. Get out to support Stevenson in an awesome local rivalry game as they take on Johns Hopkins. Coach, uh, can't wait to see you on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to it throughout the course of the season. Appreciate you taking the time for me as always, and we'll see you out there for the big opener. All right. It's... Absolutely, sir. Thank you for your time. Ed Hoddle, head coach of the Mustangs. Appreciate him checking in with us as well. All right, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Glory Days Grill. I had the barbecue thigh wings. I thought the smoky thigh wings were the greatest thing that ever existed. And don't get me wrong, they're right in that category. But the barbecue thigh wings, if if you know the greatness of ribs at Glory Days Grill, you're kind of combining these two things into one entity, and it is just sheer perfection. I, I don't know what else I can tell you other than race to Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com, to get the barbecue thigh wings. The regular smoky thigh wings as well, they are outstanding. You keep hearing about that it's a wing crisis. Go this route. I assure you, the thigh wings at Glory Days Grill are a 12 and a half. They're amazing. Glorydaysgrill.com for you to find out more. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get two bit to wrap it up for a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Join PressBox's fantasy football expert Ken Zalas for the opening night of NFL season on Thursday, September 9th, 7 p.m. at Sports and Social inside of Live Casino. While you're there, say hi to KZ and let him give you advice on setting up your fantasy team, picking starters, and who you might trade for or pick up on waivers. Watch the opening NFL game, get free fantasy football tutoring from Ken Zalas, and enjoy the new Sports and Social Club at Maryland Live. We'll see you on September 9th. Must be 21 or older to enter. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, 
Spirit Showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR, C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. Of course, C3 brings you the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. Stan and Ross did a special show on Monday just sort of Regrouping, looking at where everything is baseball-wise, um, you know, really in-depth look at the Orioles. And if you missed that, you can find it at Facebook.com/slash/PressBoxSports by clicking on the videos tab or by going to PressBoxOnline.com and checking it out. There, Stan Show is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. 
Uh, from uh, Ryan. Ryan says, sort of surprised anybody that was cut yesterday that you thought would be in play for the Ravens as far as running backs go. No, not really. I did. I, I'm just being completely honest with you. It's I kept my eyes peeled, and there was nothing like Devontae Freeman seemed to be the most high-profile name that was cut, but we talked about that. He's not exactly a, a spring chicken. I, I keep saying I don't think that's the group that the Ravens should be looking for from. I just don't – unless there's somebody I'm missing, right, unless there's just somebody I know about or somebody that they, you know, they, they loved when they scouted him, and, you know, that's a different thing. But that's not the guy that I'm – I think the Ravens should be trying to get an NFL running back. I think they should be looking to acquire an NFL running back that they can count on. So this I've said this a million times. This was never going to be the place that I was going to look to go. There's been a lot of consternation about vaccine status and how that factored into Cam Newton getting cut or how that factored into the other decisions that were made. And now, like, apparently the teams are trying to go out of their way to say, that's, well, that's not why we made our decisions because – I guess they had some agreement with the NFLPA that they weren't going to say that. It's a shame that teams aren't allowed to say the truth. Yeah, we cut some guys, and apparently somebody did. It was an Urban Meyer. Wayne Gallman was cut by the Dolphins. Okay, there's a, I think that's an NFL player. Now, i got to think about it. Wayne Gallman was productive, but... He was fine when he had chances, fantasy-wise, for the Giants, but a lot of that was probably receptions and all that, and again, like, I... I'm not saying he's a difference maker, but no, he's more def- interesting no world than Devontae Freeman, difference probably. No difference maker at all. Um, ran for 682 yards on 147 carries a year ago. Look, he's definitely not a difference maker. There's no doubt about that. But, yes, of the two, I'd be more interested in Wayne Gallman than I would be in Devontae Freeman. I don't think it solves your problem, but it at least puts another NFL running back on your roster. I still, again... I would still I would be aiming higher than even I'm that. I'm not even convinced that I would necessarily say that I would... I know we haven't seen Tyson Williams in games that matter, but I yeah. might be more inclined to give Tyson Williams a chance than just jump at the opportunity to hand Wayne Gallman an opportunity. And when you say give like Tyson that. Williams a chance, I, I, I don't know how long it takes to say, you know what I mean? Like, if they wanted to say, hey, we'd be interested in Wayne Gallman, but we're not going to sign him until, you know, if he's there after week one, we'll sign him. Peyton yeah. Barber got cut, but again, I'm not. Yeah, that doesn't do a lot for me. You know. Yeah, that doesn't do much for me. But again, I. At least they're guys with NFL experience that should something happen to guy, that you would have some amount of faith in. I still think you should be aiming higher than that. I still think there's an, another level to where you should be aiming. Um, I, I guess Urban Meyer accidentally admitted that he made decisions based on, and then the Jaguars had to like come and retreat from that because they didn't want to get in, uh, into a fight with the NFLPA. I think it would be good for our country if they could just tell the truth. Tell the truth. It's, it's like this, I, I guess... Um, MLB Network has told uh, John Smoltz and somebody else, I don't remember who the other one was, that they can't come into the studio anymore. Like, this is the way it's going to go. You don't want to get vaccinated. That is your choice. But you don't just get to keep living everything the way that everybody else does. That's the reality of it. There is no argument for you to not get vaccinated unless you've got one. And if you got one, that's a different circumstance. I wish that NFL teams could just say, hell yeah. We we made decisions, plain and simple, based on vaccination status. So that everyone could be reminded that's the world that we're living in now. 
There is no justification for you not getting vaccinated. And you can do all your conspiracy theory nonsense that you want to do unless you've got a very specific reason. There's no actual reason for you to not get vaccinated. Not to mention these employers can choose what their reasons Correct. are. They, they have the yeah. right to that. But it's, it By goes, the way, Jordan Howard also cut, but he's also a little yeah, redundant with Gus Edwards, yeah, it seems. I don't, I don't say that. I hear you. Um... Look, I, I'm I'm trying to I'm being as nice as I possibly can about this. You can you can whatever make whatever point you want to make about well, it doesn't prevent you from getting. You can do all these things that you want to do, and you're still not going to present a reason why you shouldn't be vaccinated. You can go through all the rigmarole that you want to go through about you know government oversight and all. You can do everything that you want to do, and I'm 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 not even going to argue with you, but you're still not going to present a reason why you shouldn't be vaccinated. You're going to distract from the point. You're going to yell and scream for the sake of yelling and screaming, but you're never going to present the reason why you shouldn't be vaccinated. And none of these guys have any idea why they're not vaccinated either. None of, nobody knows. They're, you just think you're doing something, you're making some statement that you're not making. There isn't a statement to be made. It doesn't exist. Except for a very small group of people that, you know, again, have, have a legitimate reason, but it's a very small group of people. And I wish that NFL teams could just come out and say it, admit to it, just say, yeah, correct. Because I guarantee you that it absolutely factored into decisions that were made. 1,000%. It might have not been the sole reason, and it certainly wasn't we're going to release all the unvaccinated players. There is no question about that. But there is someone somewhere where a decision was made between one guy and another guy and it was pretty close and they said this guy's vaccinated put him on the team it's a certainty of that and i wish the teams could just admit that i wish that was possible i guess if they did they would probably be announcing that they unvaccinated player that got cut that's why you got released and then that player would try to start a culture war in the process. I don't know. I just wish they could admit it because I think it'd be good for a lot of people to hear that and to understand that's reality. That's the way that this is going to work. Moderately interesting player, Corey Clement. I don't disagree that's moderately interesting because he's a pass catcher mm-hmm. because... You saw him produce in the Super Bowl and had a pretty prominent role for that team. It's, you know, again, it's a few, we're a few years removed from that sure. at this point. And he never really became the player that we thought he was going to become. No. But he does offer value as a pass catcher that could make him intriguing. He would be an intriguing option. But, I, again, with all these guys, a cut player, I just won't be surprised at all if they don't sign a cut player sure. until after week one. And they just don't say, we're not going to guarantee a roster spot for the entire year. or the, Not the roster spot, but the salary for the entire year. For a player who was cut, we're not going to do that because we just don't think there's that significant of a difference between those guys. I know that Peter King wrote a little bit about, you know, Justin Houston and how that whole thing played out, but like I would still compare it to where they were with the edge rushers, which is none of these guys are so good that it's going to be the end of the world. And you can say, hey, they knew how badly Justin Houston wanted to come play for them, but Justin Houston could have just decided one day, I would rather go sign in Seattle. They've offered me, Seattle that woke up this morning and offered me money, I'm going to go sign there instead. And the Ravens were willing to take that risk. That's how much they like Justin Houston, that they were willing to take the risk that he was going to change his mind at any point and sign somewhere else, which doesn't mean Justin Houston isn't going to end up being a helpful piece and that it isn't a neat story that he apparently, really badly wanted to be a Baltimore Raven. That's all well and good. 
But it is important to note that they felt so strongly about Justin Houston that they were happy to let him sign elsewhere if he changed his mind. And it's a sort of a similar thing that I would feel here. They were never going to spend a compensatory pick to sign one of those edge rushers. That wasn't going to happen. And I just don't think they're going to guarantee a salary for a cut running back unless there's, again, someone of this group that they just happen to have been in love with. Mm -hmm. I would be surprised if that were the case. I think they're either going to trade for somebody or they're going to wait until after week one and then they're going to decide what they want to do then if they want to do something. Or if you know they give Tyson Williams a bunch of snaps in week one and he looks roll, like a monster, yeah. then maybe they'll you know change their mind at that point and say, no, we'll just, we'll just roll with this because now he is an NFL running back. Now he is someone that's proven that he can do it at the NFL level. I, I, I'd still, I'd still want to have a, you know, a big boy backup plan to my backup plan to back up my backup plan. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? All right. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Whether, focus, whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbit. Tidbit of the day. So, baseball still being played. It just is what it is. The season will not be over until it's over. And the Orioles, despite winning, are still the worst team in baseball. So we still have a little bit of a cushion with the Diamondbacks. Last night, of course, yesterday I mentioned Cedric Mullins trying to become a 25-25 player. Well, he stole his 25th base. So his next home run will indeed put him among Don Baylor and Reggie Jackson as one of three to do so for the Baltimore Orioles, assuming he gets that home run. It's not crazy to assume he will. I would like to think. Considering he has the fourth highest OPS in the American League since May 31st, and he started the season quite well also. Uh, only three players higher than him are Shohei Otani, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and Ryan Mountcastle, who has the third highest about that? since that time span. Of course, Vlad has been uh, putting a little bit of a dent in the Orioles' pitching staff in the past couple games. Three homers in the past two. Did Shohei hit one last night? Uh, he did not. So, so he's back within three. Home back run. within three. Yeah. Bet you, bet, no, no, I, bet, never gonna I bet you regret, never gonna reach it. Bet you regret betting a million dollars. Never going to reach it. He's the fifth player, age 22 or younger, to hit 39-plus homers through 130 games. Joining, age 22 or younger, yeah, you said? Joining Eddie Matthews. Johnny Bench, and more recently, Cody Bellinger, who lost his ability to hit of late. Yeah, that's a weird bit. Yeah. Should ask Drew what it was like watching Eddie Matthews hit. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, we, of course, mentioned yesterday Robbie Ray has now thrown the most strikeouts in his first career thousand innings in MLB history. There are, however, four other pitchers with at least 1,166 career strikeouts in their first 1,000 career innings. Can you name them? Say that one more time. Robbie Ray, 1,241. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are four other pitchers with at least 1,166 Ks. Currently. Through their first 1,000 career innings. In MLB history. Oh, okay, that's the part. Okay, in MLB history, there are four of the pitchers. So, Clemens. No. Ryan. No. All of them pitched after the millennium. All of them pitched after the millennium. Well, that's weird. Um. Okay. So strikeout guys after the millennium. Now I'm think one of them may have had some overlap before, but he definitely pitched bulk of his career was I think after 2000. Okay. So 
So it's not Randy Johnson. It is not. He pitched a lot prior. He did. Yeah. So how about Verlander? Not Verlander. So 10 years after five before for the one guy who pitched prior. 10 years after five before. 10 years after five before for the guy that pitched prior. Who retired in 2010? Um, all right, let me think. Are any of them active? Two of them. Uh, Scherzer. No. Um, Grinky? Nope. He didn't start all that hot. Really. Yeah. Owen, Owen, like, 19 is one year, didn't he? Like, he had Owen. Yeah, I don't know, though. He the Royals, he went, like, Owen. I don't know. He was pretty good pretty quick. Inauspicious man. beginning. Yeah, it might have been a bad first year or something like that. David Price? Nope. Actually, is he even still active? I genuinely don't he know. Is, if he's still I know he's with the Dodgers, Dodgers yeah. but was he a, is he a starter? Is he? A uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Grinky went five and seventeen his yeah, second year. Okay. He only had 114 strikeouts that year. <laughs> what a bum! In 183 innings, so that's a 5.6 K for nine. That's not going to make this list. I'm sure it went up a little bit. It didn't Never. hit ten until his John Lester. No. Adam Wainwright. Nope. You Darvish. 1,222. He was the prior leader before Ray reached 1,000. Um, there's another active. Uh, I said I said Kershaw, right? You did not, but he is not. Okay. Uh, I believe this pitcher is hurt currently. The other active doesn't one. help me. I don't know. Who, how would I know who's hurt? Well, maybe follow baseball. I don't. Bumgarner. Nope. Uh, you might just have to tell me. He was a I, teammate of one of the guys you've named at one point. Te- <laughs> so it could have been anyone, really. <laughs> he was at one point a teammate of one of the guys that I named. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're welcome. Oh, well, if you had it started with that, I probably would have got. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, is the other guy Pedro, by the way? No. One of the three remaining yeah. was a reliever. One of the three remaining was a reliever. <laughs> Eckersley? No. None of them were that far before, remember. Oh, right. <sighs> My guy. Uh, you're gonna. I don't think any of these are surprising. If you think about, if I, if I were to give the names, you would say, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." I hear you, but I'm not. Billy Wagner, eleven ninety six for Wagner. He is third on the and list, and he's the only reliever on the list. That is correct. Okay, so there's one guy that's active, and Indeed. there's one guy that was five years before and ten years after. No, that was Wagner. Oh, that so. was Wa- Wagner. Yeah. Okay, so there's one guy who's active and one guy who's inactive. Correct. So, um, the active player. Is it DeGrom? It is not. Is it... Is it Strasburg? 1166 for Steven Strasburg. He is the one who I believe is hurt. Is he? I think so. I don't... I would not know. And then one guy who's not active anymore. 
This guy kind of flamed out, for what it's worth. Kind of flamed out. I was going to say Felix, but I didn't really flame out as much as, yeah. Flamed out. Can you give me anything? Because I got to... I don't want to be here all day. He's a record setter in certain ways. I don't know what that means. Memorable part of my baseball fandom as a child. Johan? No. I really thought that would fit all the categories that you just brought up. Oh, you know what? And he started before the millennium. So this might have come. His career began in 1998. 1998. Yeah, tell me a team or anything like that. No, I don't give it away entirely. Good. Roy Oswalt. Nope. Like he was he didn't really flame out either. He kind of did. He had a pretty lengthy career. It feels like he flamed out, though. At the, it know, feels he like really he did. did. He had at least 10 solid years in him. <sighs> and when I say flamed out, he was not his dominant. Like he, was, he did not remain dominant for the entirety of his career by any stretch. Carrie Wood? That's the one. Okay. Carrie Wood, 1166 strikeouts in his first 1,000 career innings. All right. There you go. He he definitely, well, you say he flamed out, but he, like, he was still a really good reliever for a long time. I hear you. He He was still very Looking like he was going to be one of the best of all time. Well, he certainly, yeah, Yeah. he and Mark Pryor looked like they were going to be unbelievably great. All right, Tibbet was also brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. Second weekend of the Purple Takeover coming up at the Maryland State Fair. Still a chance for you to meet some Baltimore football stars like Ronnie Stanley. Get your meet and greet tickets right now. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. The word great, the number eight, the letter S, Memorabilia.com. Tubular brought to you by Window Nation. They're doing a back-to-school sale now that we're into September, and it is incredible as you can get from Window Nation any of these offers, two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, or buy four and get four free because there's no limit. You can buy eight and get eight free. No matter how many you buy, you get the same number free. So if you need 32 windows, you're getting 16 of them free. It's that simple. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Here's what's coming up. The Orioles wrap up the series with the Jays tonight. Matt Harvey, Steven Matz, the pitching matchup there on Masson. I guess that's going to shift to Masson. It's supposed to be on Masson, too, but there's no Nationals game tonight because of the rain. So kicking off? Is it already happening? What's that? The rain? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Look at me. Looks, actually, it looks like the sun's trying to come out out there. Hmm. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, update that on uh, Tubular so it says, um, uh, oh, exit the editor so I can. I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. Fair enough. I'll do it. Don't worry. I got it. So it'll be on Masson because of of everything else. So, yes, no Nationals tonight. They will uh, play that instead tomorrow afternoon against the Phillies. MLB Network, Angels-Yankees at 7, Braves-Dodgers at 10, ESPN coverage of the U.S. Open, which includes Francis Tiafo and Guido Pea, um, who are they are third on Armstrong Stadium, and it's good that they were supposed to be on Armstrong today because it's looking like only the indoor courts will be usable today in New York. Um, also tonight, college football on ESPN, UAB and Jacksonville State at 7.30. CBS Sports Network for the OL Reign and Houston Dash at 8. NBCSN for coverage of the Paralympics at 9. TNT for AEW Dynamite at 8. Some non-sports highlights? 
non-sports. Uh, your Archer fan, ten o'clock on FX. Really, kind of. I like watching the first two episodes last week. It was really tough because you could hear it in Jessica Walter's voice. Like mm-hmm. you could hear that she was approaching the end, and like you realize this is like what what an icon Jessica Walter yeah. is, and so that it just sucks. How much could a banana cost? Yeah. Uh, do Master That was Job. Master. It was all of them. The entire family. Job specifically did that one. Well, then what one was hers? Is that what it was? Okay, all right. That one. Uh, right. Eight o'clock on Fox Master Chef. Does anybody in this family know what a chicken sounds like? <laughs> uh, the Nora from Queens thing. Ten o'clock. If anyone cares about that, Sammy at the B. Ten thirty on TBS. Clive Owen is on Corden. I, he's running? doing the Clinton thing. Is he? I think he's playing Clinton. Isn't no. he? I think he is. That did not look anything like Clive I, Owen. I believe he's playing Clinton. I don't believe you. Hang on a second. I don't believe you, and I won't believe you, even if you say it's true. Um. Stuff and things. Clinkclockradio.com. Hang on. Uh, this is relevant to me. i got to see. He's not playing Bill Clinton. I could have sworn I saw that he was playing Clinton. I could have sworn. I'm also, I don't really, I don't know if I care about that show. Do Clive you? Owen as Bill Clinton. Maybe it's the most appealing percent. part of that whole show. But No, I disagree. It's, it, all of the, the American crime stories have been but it's not very a, good. It's not like, uh, I get that it's literally an American it's not, crime, it's but it's not, not OJ. I understand it's, it's not a it's, murder. It's, it's nothing it's not like, like that. Yeah. I agree. But I still think it's, you remember, all, well, I don't know about you because I you're was, young. I didn't know what a blowjob rem- was then. Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, it depends on what your definition of is is. It's one of the most dramatic <laughs> things that I've ever heard in my life. Um, I 1,000%, part of it really is if it's something that you have significant memory of, and then... Well, the OJ one still transcended that. Well, sure, I'm sure it transcends. But also it comes along with things that you had forgotten about that, like, pop up as you watch the like show. Clive and like Clive Owen. Yeah, <laughs> correct, like Clive Owen. who's playing... Uh, uh, Edie Falco is Hillary Clinton. It's a good casting. Uh, I, I don't know, Beanie, Beanie Feldstein is playing Monica Lewinsky, and then Sarah Paulson, who, of course, was yeah. uh, Marsha Clark mm-hmm. in the OJ show, is going to play uh, Linda Tripp in this one, so... I'm, look, I'm going to be excited about it. Oh, I see Colby Smulders is in there, but is it really, or is it? I Amanda don't think Pete? they look that yeah, similar at all. Colin Hanks? Who's Colin Hanks playing? Who's but, Mike Emick? I'm still upset you had Ter- Colin Hanks on. And didn't ask him about Fargo. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, but we talked about Orange County, which is mo- way more important than that. No offense, Orange County is one of the most. Uh, in fact, our buddy Paul Valley uh, from the Bad Round is getting married on Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, his fiance Laura, who is very nice and people sure. like her, she's very popular on Twitter. Um, his fiance Laura uh, tweeted something out yesterday about Orange County, and I was like, I, I would ma- don't wait till Friday, marry her immediately, you big idiot. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's not an idiot; he's a very smart person. But um, uh, very well done. Look at this. Jim Rash is going to be part of it. Kevin Pollack. Mira Sorvino. Taryn Killam. Hell of a cast or American Crime Story. Billy Eichner is playing Matt Drudge. I'm looking forward to that. It's Clive Owen's the only one that really gets me. Gets the juice well, I mean, it's flowing, particularly you know? significant. I don't disagree with that. You know, he's British. Thank you. Tubular also brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox. Go get it right now. Marlon Humphrey's on the cover. Um, go pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Thanks today to Tyus Bowser. Thanks to Mike Golick Jr. Thanks to Ed Hoddle. Thanks to Greg Chimera from Johns Hopkins. Thanks to Tyrone Wheatley. Thanks to Drew Forrester. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, Kenny Amatololo. Yeah, Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo joins us tomorrow. Ken Zalas for the Indeed. Fantasy Show. We will make our first picks of the year. We do, do still need suggestions. Suggestions for pick punishments. Get them in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Um, suggestions for pick punishments. And we will. Th- the big drama will be whether or not Brian yeah. Powell 
Get is, back to me. is part of this. And I, I still will take you if you want to be dealt in with uh, Steck and Proctor and KZ and uh, and Kyle and I for picks. You're man enough, unlike Brian. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what to make of it. I'm I really. Wanna, I just want to waste real money. I'm really nervous about it too. By the way, because like, what could the reason possibly be? No idea. There's no good what reason. What possibly could be the reason why you wouldn't participate Fear. in this anymore? I don't. Fear. It's not a. It's not a time issue. It's not. No. It's twenty five bucks. Yeah. I got a real concern about what might be going on. But whatever. It's what it is. Brian. Um, they hit me up at Glenn Clark Radio. And if you're one of our P1s, if you're one of our regulars, we'll uh, we'll deal you in. All right. Um, ha- thanks. Did I, I did all the thanks to people that were on the show. Thanks yeah. to all of our great sponsors and partners, including uh, CCBC, MDOT, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, Baltimore Ravens, the BMW Championship, the Maryland Five Star, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, the Maryland Lottery, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. Thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Uh, go, go, Birds, sure. Go, Francis TFO. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.